0: FBI agent Kate Maser is enlisted by a government task force to bring down the leader of a powerful Mexican drug cartel and the action crime thriller from 2015, Sicario. I'm Austin Johnson. I'm Connor Izagari. And this is
1: Filmgasm.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Filmgasm.
0: We are continuing our top 10 films of the 2010s project by discussing Adam's number 8 film, Sicario. Good to have all three of us back after a little break there. uh, I was sick, so you guys did The World's End together, and then you guys both sat out for Waves last week, which my wife and I did together. It was a lot of fun, but it's good to have all three of us back for this project that we started together. Uh, and thank you, Adam, for choosing this movie because it fucking rules. I forgot how good it was.
3: Yeah, so good. No, no, happy to be back. Obviously, um, you know, with with kind of my one of my choices this week. Um, yeah, it's you know, it's one. I I just like I was gripped by it the first time I saw it in theaters. And, like every time I've returned to it, it's kind of grown in my estimation. And uh, yeah, really, really excited to be talking about this one today.
0: Yeah, yeah. Written by Taylor Sheridan, directed by Denis Villeneuve, who's become kind of a you know, a like world renowned director at this point, you know, after I think after doing Dune, you know, it kind of shot him to a different, you know, different level. But uh the real ones know. Like back like eight, ten years ago, the dude was making some fucking nasty, nasty movies. And that's my first question I want to ask you guys. I'll ask you first, Connor. What is your favorite Denny movie?
1: Oh, interesting. Uh good question. So I've seen like obviously his you know early French stuff I have not yet touched. Yeah. Um, and then Enemy, I've yet to watch. So I've seen everything else. And I love Sicario. I thought Dune was way better than I expected. Um, not a fan of Blade Runner. It's not, it's yeah. not going to happen. It's never going to happen. I don't care who's in the chair. It's never going to work for me. Uh, <laughs> and I thought Arrival was kind of, kind of dull as well. I got to give it to Prisoners.
0: Yeah. Prisoners is sick. 2013. Comes out the same year as Enemy, uh, both with Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, Great, great flick. It's definitely one that I go back to a lot, even though it's like the most fucking depraved
2: movie.
1: <laughs> it is movie. such a dark, <laughs> unforgiving, brutal story of just yeah. the lengths a father will go to to find his child. And I just, I love how blurred the line gets between good and evil in that movie. And it, it's... Hugh Jackman's doing such an amazing job and Jake's always, you know, delivering and Paul Dano's performance. Holy fuck. It is, it is edge of your seat. Like you do not feel the runtime at all kind of tension and yeah, just a fantastic movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's terrific. Uh, I remember it wasn't that, that long ago that you watched that. Why did you do that? What was that for? Uh, We did,
1: we were doing, uh, were we doing Dune or that was a sneak preview for Dune because yeah. I hadn't seen a lot of his work so I I marathoned as much of Villeneuve's films as I could get my hands on and that included Blade Runner 2049 and uh Prisoners.
0: So that was like a year and a half ago. Um yeah, cuz right Dune came out like in December of 21, right? Yeah, or, yep. Uh, and of course, it's gonna be the new one. Part two is gonna be coming out here fairly soon, later on in the year. Uh, Adam, what's your favorite? Is it Sicario? Is Sicario it your is. favorite movie?
3: Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I figured Fine. because I if you chose,
0: though. if you chose it for the 2010s, like it's probably yeah, yeah. right.
3: And I gave myself the one movie per director rule. Um, he is he is one of the only guys that I came close to breaking that rule for because um, yeah, Prisoners is right up there too. I actually I love Arrival. I think Arrival. is really too. Good. The oh, one that okay. has grown on me the more I've watched it. Enemy is awesome. Enemy is the first one I saw. I saw Enemy and Prisoners like really close together. Prisoners me was too. about to come out and I watched Enemy. Um, and oh yeah, I think I think that's right. I think it was like in the same week if I, if I remember correctly. Um, and then this obviously followed it. So uh, yeah, no, it would be Scario. It would be.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. After this watch, I was just like, "Man, I, I shame on me, <laughs> shame on me for for forgetting just how, how brutal this movie is, how well acted it is. Roger Deakins behind the camera, and it just mm-hmm. looks amazing. And the score by Johan Johansson is really good. Uh, yeah, just, it's an all star. It's an all star
3: cast. Like you know, outside of the cast itself, right? It's like with the, you know, the Deacons, Taylor Sheridan, and... Uh, 100%. And, and, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, triumvirate there, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love this guy. I think he's a he's a superstar. He's, to me, like, the most... I don't know, like, uh, what would be the word? Most successful director of the 2010s. Like, I just feel like all those movies were really good. They made some money. It catapulted his career to now. He's the guy who's doing Dune, and... Uh, yeah, he's 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 lights out. I have seen a couple of his older films, uh, like they're that are in French, and you know he, you can see you can see early on, you know, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, you can see like what's about to happen. Uh, I think Prisoners is definitely where he, Enemy is still kind of on the radar, but Prisoners is where it kind of he kind of rocked American audiences. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, if you get Hugh Jackman, you get you know, uh, uh, Terrence Howard paul dano and melissa leo all these different performers who are like incredible uh jake Gyllenhaal, hall of course you get them on board it just it's gonna help like help make your movie a little bit more accessible so i i still remember seeing that in theaters and being like holy fuck <laughs> like, this is so sick so but yeah sicario i know it's those two it's sicario and prisoners that i love the most but i love arrival i love blade runner i also i'm with you connor I, I like dune more than i thought i would So, uh, yeah, Yeah, the guy, the guy's, the guy's a superstar and, and of course, Taylor Sheridan, um, you know, he, he's done some movies, but he's clearly moved to TV and he's kind of the king of, of tele, like television writing right now. Uh, I'd, I'd say after Yellowstone, he kind of took that mantle and he's just a big deal. If you're a big TV guy and, you know, neither Connor or myself are big TV people, but I know Adam, you keep up with a lot of shows and are you a fan of his shows or no? Not really. No, no, I, I, um, I don't Know no, I, I've never really given Yellow so
3: much of a chance. I just I it just did not seem like a show I'd i dig that much. Um, there's a couple that I've like thought about. I mean, the guy's crazy, crazy prolific. I mean, he's you know, puts up yes, these like yeah, like you know, 10 episode shows like it's nothing, you know. I mean, this is these are big undertakings. Like some people take years to put out shows like that, and they also has the movies. I mean, Hell or High Waters is is another you know great movie of his, of his that he oh, wrote. Um yeah. and one, one that was in my honorable mentions for this for this very list. But uh yeah, but, yeah I I'm no, I'm actually not a big fan of his of his TV stuff, even though I do probably watch more TV than, than you guys do, but Um, yeah, I, 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 the tone of this, it's a perfect kind of combination. And I think one thing about, you know, Denny is like the settings of his movies are so different, right? So like, I think the reason Enemy maybe, maybe slides under the radar a little bit of the American audiences was, it was kind of set in Toronto. It almost felt like it, I mean, well, it is, you know, international film, um, from, you know, American perspective, but, um, it didn't quite feel like, you know, one that was going to go wide in America. And also it's like just super weird, you know, it's like, it's like a really strange movie. Um, I really like it, but, um it's kind of you know about like duality and all kinds of yeah different you know themes and stuff like that and obviously it has you know some kind of crazy visual cues but yeah the settings of each of his movies are vastly different and i think that's really cool the versatility that he's shown in these last six or seven films um especially as he's as he's gained a bigger audience and, and a bigger budget with each with each movie but i'm I'm super excited for dune i really only gave dune a chance because he was directing it like i think if it was just some kind of Me too. random person i'm not sure i would have even gone to see it you know um but it's like oh no i trust that guy i liked his last five movies so i'll, I'll go see that
0: yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I, uh, I was like, he might be the first person I choose to do Dune after the, after the decade that he had had. Uh, just just tone. He just understands tone so well, and 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 works. I mean, he's like worked with Deacons like multiple times. It helps when you have that guy for sure um, work, working with you. But uh, yeah, he's a freak. So this this movie in particular, Sicario. Um, in December of 2013, it was announced that Denny was going to direct a Mexican border drama. So this comes off of the success of Prisoners and Enemy, uh, and then it was announced that Sheridan was going to write a screenplay. It's his first official like feature length film screenplay uh, <laughs> from Sheridan, which is which is insane, right? Um, so he does that, and it's known as kind of the first installment of the uh, neo western trilogy, which would be a movie you just alluded to: uh, Sicario, Hell or High Water, and Wind River. Uh, those are all three written by Sheridan, um, and Wind, Wind River is fantastic. Yeah, all three all three really yeah. good movies. Uh if you have it in you um uh, to watch all three in one day, go for it. I don't. <laughs> they're, they're all they're all they all have like their rough, rough, you know, kind of like edges around it. Uh I love Heller High Water. Adam, you and I saw that together in theaters, and that yeah. was cool because it's a very Texan movie, and we mm-hmm. saw it in St. Louis, and uh like shortly after moving there, and uh we we watched that movie and you like you see post Texas and you're like, Oh my god, that's that's pretty sick. That's where our mom is from. So uh, I, I adore that movie, uh, Connor. I know you're a big fan as well.
1: Yeah, it's a badass uh, modern western. I love seeing Jeff Bridges as a like a Texas Ranger. Like, fuck yeah, yeah, and yeah. I love the idea that it's like a modern day Robin Hood. You know, they're trying to rob these banks to save their family's farm. The scene where they're like watching the guy like sign the paperwork, like they're not letting him, they're not letting anybody leave. Like they're watching him do it so that they, you know, nobody gets screwed. I love that. It's yeah. yeah, Hell or High Water was fucking awesome. Uh, Wind River fucking hurt. That is yeah. one of the most emotionally devastating films I've ever seen, and um, fantastic. But Jesus yeah. Christ!
0: Yeah, yeah. And that uh, my favorite thing about Wind River is you have uh, you have Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye doing what I like want them to be doing all the time. You know, like doing the like super intense dramas. They're both really fucking good in it. Uh Yeah, that and that to me was kind of because that movie came out, I believe, in let's see. 2017. Um, Mm -hmm. So you have, yeah. So you have Scar. They're all, they're all like right next to each other. Scario 2015, Hell or High Water 2016, and then Wind River 2017. And you can feel him, like you can see Yellowstone. Like I've only watched a few episodes of Yellowstone, but you can like see it in in those movies, especially Wind River and kind of where he's going. But like you said, Adam, he's he's like the most prolific. I don't know how he does it. Where he finds the time. Where he finds the inspiration. He just. He just does this shit and he's not that old. So uh, he'll be doing this for a long time.
2: Oh,
1: yeah. I first saw him um, like as an actor in Sons of Anarchy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah.
1: When I started watching his movies, I was, you know, I saw the name and I'm like, I recognize that name. And I looked him up and I'm like, holy shit, that's Deputy Hale from Sons of Anarchy. He's the goofy, you know, cop with a heart of gold who, you know, doesn't doesn't quite make it. And um. Yeah, I just love that he, you know, I'm sure, you know, he was writing Sicario graphs of that on the set of Sons, and eventually they like, sold it and was like, okay, this is what I'm doing now. And yeah, yeah clearly that's his calling. He's like, you said, I mean, not just Yellowstone, but like, what's there's like two or three spinoffs too. Yeah,
0: like 1883 or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it's not like my, it's not my jam. And I don't watch television very often. So like, like, you know, like prestige TV, drama, like high. High quality dramas, I don't really watch anymore. Uh, I just don't have the time with sports and all that other stuff. So, and, and of course, movies. But I mean, I like everyone that I know that does watch it and like has kept up with it is like, oh my God, like they, you know, they're fucking going nuts over it. So, I it's obviously done its job, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, I don't
0: know, not, not, not may, really my, not my bag.
1: I may start it. I, I'm getting more into TV the way that you know my life is unfolding at the moment. I'm having a lot more. <laughs> I'm having a lot more time for. I just finished the newsroom in about a week, so yeah. I may, I may start. I may get into into Yellowstone or some other stuff. It, you know, it's it's storytelling that's you know, exciting and unique and beloved. And you know, why wouldn't I at least give it a shot?
3: Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you some Connor. I'll give you some. I'll give you some shows. Yeah. So yeah, Adam watches. Yeah, you, Adam watches. You killed it with the bear.
1: That was a great recommendation. Bear's <laughs> yeah. great, man. Bear's bear comes back later this month. Yeah. I know. I, I I wrote it on my calendar. I can't wait.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the bear, the bear is good. That is one I've I've watched cuz also it helps when cuz they're shorter, the episodes are short. Yeah. True. Uh like yes. like Barry is another one Connor you'd like a lot. Those episodes are yes. really short. Uh that's also, you know, Bill Hader just like Barry. Bill Hader, that excellent. whole show is Bill Hader just being like I love movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the whole time. He's just like paying homage to 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 movies the whole time. So that's cool. And it didn't it didn't prolong its stay like it, I think it's four seasons and like that's it good uh same, same with succession they're like hey we're like we're gonna go out on top type thing um i did finally watch the finale of succession i thought it was nice. pretty good that was yep. pretty good uh I, i'm one of those people that does like like the first season a lot more because there's so much brian cox like in the first couple seasons you know uh things things happen differently you know and later on in the show uh as far as like the cast and whatnot so uh it's still very very good and like has one of the one of the all-time intro songs from Nicholas Bertel. so yep uh yeah, it's a good show um Connor you'd like that one as well um really everything Adam watches Connor you're probably gonna like because Adam's like pretty pretty choosy mm-hmm. um he tries to tries to watch things that are not just gonna like fill his time but like you know he's gonna like actually want to watch it week to week so I've always respected that. I have a, I have a bit of a filter system that I, yeah, use yeah. that it, it's a,
3: it's some critics that I trust and some podcasts that I trust and then my own just, you know, whatever intuition. And it's, it's mostly steered me well. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Love that. Love that. That's good. But you still don't watch the wire. So, you know, uh, uh, I, well, most of it, I've watched most of it. What, where are you
3: at on that? Or did or you I, I watched that? all the season five?
0: Oh shit. You've seen season four. I didn't even yeah. know that. It's my favorite, yeah. my favorite season, season four. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. And Sopranos yeah. too, or no. Ever... Uh, I'm on season two of Sopranos. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Connor loves that one. Yeah, um, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: I have watched that twice, and it's it's fucking yeah. lightning. Well, yes, so,
3: and the only reason I've, I've I mean I, obviously I've like I've had time over the you know few last few years to to do it. It's more like I kind of know it's there, you know. So it's like oh always I'm yeah. I'm almost like savoring it. It's like I, I I actually have like a book about The Sopranos. And I'm like I'll read that when I'm done with it. It's like but it's like that's there. Let me kind of catch up on some of the stuff that's happening right now, and then kind of yeah, I'll go from there. Yeah.
1: I bought at Goodwill last month. I found it for like two bucks. It was a Sopranos cookbook written by Artie Bucco. Oh, nice! <laughs> it was like all the Vesuvio <laughs> recipes. That's cool. I'm gonna like when, when I get into my new place. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start cooking Italian from this cookbook.
0: See if I can master some dishes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I love that. That's great. You'll just start. You'll start talking like James Gandolfini as you as yeah. you go. Uh, a <laughs> ghoul.
1: Yeah, gotta get it.
0: Awesome. <laughs> I love it. Uh so, so Sheridan Taylor Sheridan did write a sequel to Sicario titled Scario Day of the Soldado Uh but Dinny did not come back to direct. Instead, the Italian Stefano Solima directed, and honestly, no one talks about this. Um came out in 2018. It was just not nearly, nearly as good as the first movie. Um I saw it in theaters and that was it. I haven't seen it since. I was going to try to watch it just to kind of refresh my memory and be like, is it really that bad? Uh, but I, I don't know. I just couldn't like get myself it's to not, do it. It's not. It's it's not really that bad. It, it, it's um, it
3: it, it yeah. It's, it's a testament to how good the first one was that this one gets because it's like if the, if there was no first Sicario and you just saw the second one, you'd be like, "This is a pretty good movie." You know, like this is pretty solid. Um, but then when you're comparing it to like the ver- the very first one, because the cast is better, obviously in the first one, there's a little more depth to the story. Um, and then you have you know the direction of, of Denis Villeneuve. So I I. I think it gets a little bit too much, you know, because because they're only trying to compare it to, you know, the first one, which is such a, you know, a classic, like, I think it's actually a pretty solid movie. It just doesn't quite live up to it. it, it it's definitely not as good. I mean, there's no question about that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think it, like when I first saw it, I was like, you know what, like, you know, not quite as good as I expected. But then the second time I was like, okay, that's actually better than, than most movies I see, honestly, <laughs> like, uh, it's just, yeah, yeah. Good. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, that, that I definitely can see that. I saw it whenever uh, Connor and I were both working at Draft House. I um, just kind of saw it. I think uh, after after like a shift or something, or I don't know. I, just remember, I remember going in and seeing it for free, so I was like, at least I saw it for free, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like that, there was that 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 attitude. But but yeah, I don't know what I was expecting. Uh, you know, if it's not Denny coming back and you Emily Blunt's not there, you know, just kind of like you're gonna it's gonna be different. So. I, I do. It's on Hulu. I do want to do want to give another chance. So I might do that this uh this upcoming week, just to, to kind of like clear my conscience, you know, just to make sure. But uh, Sicario, uh, the first one from 2015, a little bit of Oscar stuff that I want to that I want to discuss. Uh, before I'll, I'll say real quick, this movie was pretty successful. 85 million dollars at the box office on a budget of 30 million. Pretty pretty fucking good. 7.6 on IMDb. 92% on Tomatoes, 3.9 on Letterboxd. I cannot believe this happened, but I, I kid you not. You know we're we're recording this on what June 3rd. Uh, yeah, it's the night of June 3rd. Uh, this episode coming out later later on, but I it literally left Peacock on like on May 31st on June 1st, like on yeah. like at midnight or something because yep. I I was I kept looking at Letterboxd. I was like, okay, cool. Like we won't run into an issue. We'll all have access to it because I know Connor has it in Voodoo. Adam and I can watch it on our own Peacock, uh, you know, subscriptions or whatever. So, like, it won't be a problem. But then it became a problem when I was like, fuck, it's not on Peacock anymore. And the only way all three of us could watch it. And I know, Adam, you own it, but you have it in storage. I don't own it, but Connor has it in Voodoo. (laughs) But you can only watch on Voodoo the same movie. Only one person can be watching at the same time. So, I was like, fuck, we all have to watch it. So, I texted Connor. Connor Connor's like, I just started it. (laughs) And I was like, shit. So I was like, okay, let me know when you finish it. I'll watch it. And like as I was about to start it, Adam goes, "Hey, have you watched Sicario yet?" And I was like, "No, I'm literally about to watch it." And he was like, "Fuck!" So he had to watch it after us. You know, like the next uh, l- later on the next day. Uh, so like we, 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 your voodoo saw more action from Sicario <laughs> than it's seen from any movie. Uh, well, and, and so the 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 peacock thing
3: really frustrated me. So I I I had about thirty minutes kind of free before I went to sleep the other night, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch the first 30 minutes. And I'm gonna stop it before that. Well, we'll th- the scene we'll talk about later. I think is yeah. you know it's so great. And I was like, <laughs> let me stop it there, and I'll watch the rest tomorrow. Like when I you know you know a little bit more alert, I'll, I'll I'll finish it up tomorrow. I've seen it so many times. Like I feel I feel comfortable doing that. I get on peacock the next day, and it's gone. And I was like, what. Like like so. On May thirty first, I'd watched the first 30, 30 minutes. And then on Peacock the next, I was like, "What the heck happened to it?" So that's when I texted Austin. And I, I kind of realized, like, "Man, are you gonna watch this thing?" And he was just like, "He's like, well, I'm waiting for to finish, and then I'm gonna watch it." And I was like, "Well, I'm not staying up till four in the morning, so to, so to I'll just watch it tomorrow." So so I watched it this afternoon. Um, So yeah, the, but again, I'm I'd seen it so many times. I'm like, I'm you know, it's cool if I don't see it, but I, but I, I like to watch them right before we record because it's, it's same. Bit, you know, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I shoot for the night before if I can, or a couple nights before. And in, in always, there has never been a week we've done a movie or any episode ever in the past four, four and a half years where I I haven't watched the movie that we're going to talk about. Just because like it doesn't feel right, especially yeah, if you're going to huh. give a, if you're going to give awards out to it, like you need that, you need that watch. Like it's so crucial, and it, it's what made me having to choose awards for Sicario is what made me. I raised this motherfucker up to five stars. I was I like, I did too. I did too. I was like, this movie's so good. Like I was yeah I, I i don't i don't say this a lot i don't actually like mean it a lot but i was on the edge of my bed a lot of it because i was watching in my room with the lights off and it was like th- pouring outside last night and i was on the like on the edge of my bed almost the entire thing you know because the very beginning of the of the film like just just not let you Mm-mm. it does not let you get comfortable at all it just it doesn't it punches you in you. yeah it doesn't know be- <laughs> no but like punches you in the throat so uh I, that just hasn't happened in a while where i was just like it was so, so gripping, you know, and uh, it just doesn't let up. And what you're talking about, about 20 minutes in, from there on out, I mean, it's it's an out and out, like, thrill ride the whole time. So I'm um, super stoked to talk about those moments. But there are three um, Oscar nominations I want to talk about with you guys, because not that long ago, like three weeks ago, we talked about Inside Out from 2015. Sicario is also from 2015. Uh, that was Adam's number nine was Inside Out. Adam's number eight. Sicario, both from 2015 both competed at the same Oscars uh this time three three nominations no wins uh the first one I want to talk about real quick is best sound editing uh which Mad Max won which is a movie you you guys are familiar with <laughs> uh it beats the Martian the revenant sicario and Star Wars the force awakens so I know where my vote's going but uh Connor I'll start with you first what would you choose out of these I know, I know you've seen them all
1: Hmm. Best sound editing. Uh, I think probably Mad Max. I think yeah, that, yeah. that movie earned pretty much every technical award it got at that ceremony. It's hard to argue with, with that, the construction of that film.
0: Yeah, it's, it's fucking lights out. So, yeah, that's where my vote is, too. Adam, same? Yeah, same. Yeah. No, it's, it's got to be Mad Max. Yeah. I I guess, I guess I'd guess i have Sicario second. I don't really know. I don't really think there's like a second place here. I think it's kind of pretty pretty clear. It was very clear with, I think Mad Max won six awards at that ceremony. It was kind of like, it was very clear that it was going to win those six throughout. Um, let's see. The next one I want to do is best original score. Uh, this is this is quite a group. We have Ennio Mor- In- Morikone with his first one ever for The Hateful Eight. Uh, he beat Thomas Newman, Bridge of Spies. Carter Burwell for Carol. Johan Johansson for Scario, And John Williams for Star Wars The Force Awakens. I mean, good. God, those are some, like, heavy, heavy, heavy hitters. So, I I I think this is really hard, but I'd probably stick with Inyo for this one, for, for myself, anyway. I do love the score to the
1: Hateful Eight. It is very, you know, mysterious and cool, but it is a fucking crime that Morricone didn't win until he was, like, in oh, his 90s. Yeah.
3: yeah, until that, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Unbelievable. Uh, but Johan Johansson's score for Sicario is so understated and just so subtle it feels like, just almost like just vibrations at times. Not even music. It's just mm-hmm. a palpable tension. But like a and pulse. That's, yeah, yeah, a pulse. It's so it's skillfully yeah. done. So I
0: don't know. Maybe he might have. He had a shot for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think what holds me back from from Johan winning is it does feel like he's doing his. This is this is not really a shot at him at all. I, it feels like he's doing his best impersonation of Hans Zimmer whereas in yo it's like it's so clear that this is like that's that guy's sound same with john williams you know he's the star wars guy carter yeah. burwell very much translates like some of the like subtle stuff he does in cohen brothers movies to carol very well and thomas newman thomas fucking newman so you can't you can't go wrong with just like a great movie score from him so but johan i mean it's not it's not it was it's not a poke at him you know it's it's a very brooding dark you know, very tone-setting type score, and I love it. So I'm excited to give awards out to it, but I, I got to stick with Ennio. Uh, the yeah, hundred-year-old Ennio Morricone.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that, but yeah, there is a bit of a you know the movie trailer. Wow, wow. Wow, uh, like yeah, I didn't. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Adam, Adam, do you have any thoughts on that? R- read off the other three real quick. Thomas Newman for Bridges Spies, Carter okay. Burwell for Carol. Under underrated movie, yeah, and John yeah. Williams for Star Wars. Yeah, I
3: mean, you know, John Williams almost feels like it's like, well, I mean, you know, like yeah, yeah. the Star Wars thing. It's like, of course, it's great, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's like kind of like yeah, it's like an all time classic, you know, thing. I don't remember the score of Bridge of Spies like at all. Like, I can't even like I have no like like recollection yeah. of it. So that to me shows that you know it certainly shouldn't have won. So well, no, I've got a no problem. Yeah. I've got a no problem with 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 how that shook out.
0: Yeah, T- Thomas Newman. He, that's part of the thing I like about him is he. How do I say this? He, rem- he, he like does his job so well that it fits into the movie and you like, don't really like think about it too much where, but then you like look at his filmography and you're like, Holy fuck. I didn't realize how many like classics that he's like contributed to, I guess. And I didn't realize that until I was older where I was like, well, this Thomas Newman guys like, has been a part of my life since I was fucking eight years old, you know? And I didn't really realize it, but, but sometimes it like, it, it almost like slips out of his grasp, if, if that makes sense. I know, Connor, you're the biggest fan here of Newman. So does that make any sense?
1: You give Thomas Newman a piano and a script with a morally gray protagonist and you're going to get gold. That's just what he does. He's never yeah. won. He's never won. And he has yeah. earned it so many times. But, you know, Burgess Spies, I agree with Adam. I do not remember that score. I don't really remember that movie. I remember I liked it, but also I have not seen it since twenty fifteen. I haven't wanted I haven't to either.
0: see. It. Yeah. And Th- uh, Thomas Thomas Newman's probably got what like fifteen plus nominations, around there. Yeah, he should have yeah, taken yeah. it for either Shawshank
1: or Road to Perdition at the very yeah, least.
0: Shawshank is the one where I mean I I liked that movie so much as a like a, as a you know teenager young teenager, I still love it, but I didn't realize who it was. You know I didn't. It, it just was, it just was a part of my life. And you get older. It's gotten like, to the oh, point
1: oh where God. if I hear his piano, I know it's him. Like his <laughs> specific piano has such a vibe. I'm like, that's a, that's a Newman score. <laughs> I, yeah.
0: He also has one of my favorite all time IMDb pictures. Just, just looks like a sly little dude, but uh, you know, and 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 can do the shopping thing. Can also do you know Skyfall. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the dude, the dude's a superstar. So uh, it, it's it's a loaded category, but yeah, ultimately, you know, we all kind of kind of agree it's it's in yo and then second place johansson's right there uh last one my favorite this is one of my favorite categories ever is uh best cinematography emmanuel lubeski won for the revenant it was his uh third win in a row for uh gravity uh birdman and then in the revenant uh 13 14 15 pretty crazy this is the only only cinematographer to ever do that and I mean, the guy, the guys, he just shows off. He's so fucking good. I love that guy. But uh, he beat uh, Edward Lockman for Carol, Robert Richardson for the Hateful Eight, John Steele for Mad Max Fury Road, and Roger Deakins for Sicario. Good God. (laughs) Awesome group.
1: If I was, if I was Lubesky and I'd already won twice in a row for my third, I would have just reused one of my speeches
3: and seen if anybody noticed.
2: (laughs) Would you go back?
3: (laughs) <laughs> Go back to the first one or the second one? Would you? Yeah, like what's the? Yeah, try to throw people off the scent by going back to the first one. Like tears or later. combine
0: <laughs> or combine them? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I hope like it slipped is that like working on Birdman was the greatest achievement yeah. of my life. Like oh shit, you say the wrong
3: producers? Yeah, wrong. Well, age see, he, yeah,
0: could, yeah. he could he <laughs> could. Well, see, he could he could combine the Birdman and Revenant, uh, like uh. Uh, speech because he could be like, "Oh, it was great working with Alejandro on this movie because yeah, yeah. it's the same same director." And then yeah, you could slip in like, "Yeah, Michael Keaton fucking rules." And, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> what a nice guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tom Hardy's a dick. <laughs> <know>. <laughs> uh, but Jesus. but with yeah. that being said, I mean, I don't I don't know about you guys. I think these movies all look fucking sick, and I, I love Deacons to death. But the revenant, like the best thing about it is the way it's shot. I, I can I can hear people out on why they don't love the movie itself or love, you know, all you know, the writing or the ins and outs of it. But the way it looks is like I, I still remember seeing it in theaters and being like, man, just whoever's behind the camera just has total control of what's going on. And that's what the category's for. You know, it's not best movie, it's best cinematography. What what movie looks the best? What movie was shot the best? And I, I still have to give it to the revenant.
1: I'm with you. The Revenant looks amazing. It is a visual spectacle. I love the two things that are going to get me when it comes to cinematography are uninterrupted takes and natural lighting. Mm. And this movie has both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And I just yeah, it visually is amazing. And I feel like was, you know, this is why this guy has won three times like in a row, because he really does. He's he might be the best at it today. I mean, I love Deacons, but Lubeski has an eye, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, a, to- a total distinction from like everybody else. You just you know you know when you're in one of his movies, and and you know he he wins those three. But to me, like his most incredible feat is Children of Men. That movie is fucking crazy. I don't know how they made it to this day, 2006. It has aged like fine wine. I love that movie to death. I don't know how he shot that movie I like I don't understand it and those are the ones where you kind of just you kind of have to give it to them but but yeah no, Deacons is no fucking slouch right Sicario looks sick and has has like some of the things that I think all of us love like there's one shot uh, before like a very famous scene towards the end of the movie where the soldiers are like walking into the sunset and you're like oh my god I mean yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> all like, in good time all in good time yeah just Jesus <laughs> Christ <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. That guy, that guy's also just got such a, such an eye and such a control and combined with Danny is it's It's a cool duo. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty amazing. I think Deacon's like wasn't Blade Runner his first win ever. Yeah. So yeah. Blade Runner's his first win. And then, you know, a few years earlier was any more first win for score. It's like, what are we doing? Why do we wait till these guys are almost done to, to honor them? You know, I, I, I always get so scared of that happening to people, you know. Um, I thought it was going to happen to Leo for the longest time. Then he won for the Revenant. And I was like, please, like, let's just give him something, you know, um, before before he's like past his prime. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it happens, happens to the best of them, you know. Uh, I'd say, I'd say. Screw the pooch a little bit on Al Pacino as well. I <laughs> I thought that till I actually watched Centive Woman and I'm like I, I, fuck yeah. all right maybe I like I like Centive Woman I mean do I think it should have be been Denzel from Malcolm X no fucking way no way <laughs> but he is really good in it it, it is a good movie Centive Woman it's just like look at the 70s you know like how is yeah. there not once <laughs> Centive Woman
1: at the like should have been his like second Oscar if they're
0: yeah, going to to him yeah second yeah. or third right yeah. yeah whereas whereas they do like like De Niro and, and Nicholson even Daniel Day Lewis, like he won in 1989, they they like didn't miss the mark. Like they they're like, all right, let's honor this guy while we can, and then later on they get to you know tack on more. But uh, yeah, I love doing this little Oscar talk. I know you guys, you know, obviously I know you know Connor, you, Karen, Adam, you have been uh you know when you're Blaine and Julie Johnson's son, you you just kind of like the Oscars were just on when we were growing up, and yep. whether whether we had seen the movies or not, you just kind of like had an idea of what was going on, and uh, I, I still remember watching some of these ceremonies at home and you know them rooting for the one movie that they saw you know or like the one performance <laughs> that they were like oh you know fucking streak she's gonna win it's like no she's already been up 45 times like let's give it to <laughs> somebody else uh i i do remember those like those moments fondly as do i yeah good stuff uh so like i said this isn't streaming anywhere but uh it is sicario is i don't know if i'd use what word would you guys use accessible like it's still a movie that i feel like most people around their 20s and 30s have seen, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I would think so. This this felt like a word of mouth movie when it came out. Like, I I remember feeling the same way about this as I felt about John Wick. Like, I had heard about it. I'd heard relatively good things. I was bored. I went and saw it with not a lot of expectations, and it blew me the fuck away. Uh, Yeah. So I'm sure people have seen it. I'm sure, you know, it'll get... You said soldado is streaming somewhere right on hulu yeah but the but the first one isn't that's always so fucking weird like don't you buy yeah. the scent as a studio like no. yeah
0: i don't understand i don't understand that there's got to be something were, they, were they both lionsgate or was was i know sicario was but was soldado Lionsgate? maybe maybe it wasn't maybe that's part of the reason you know. yeah
1: yeah full confession i do own this on blu-ray but I was at my family's place and I didn't know when I, when I have a movie on voodoo, I stopped looking for it because I have it. So I didn't know it was accessible. Yeah. I would have totally just brought my Blu-ray with me. If I'd known you guys weren't able to access it until I was done with it. I felt bad about that.
0: Well, we, I, we didn't know either.
1: We
3: were able to access it on Wednesday. So yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. Also. Yeah. Fucking I also have it on Blu-ray, but it's, it's in a box in storage. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, shame on me. I, I I need. I just should own this movie. I own most of uh, Denny's movies. I I should own this one. So well, when you compare it uh, to some of the other movies you do own, it's like, no, this one should be should be. In me. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, yeah. I still don't own a lot of like my favorite movies of all time. I just I don't know. Just well, it's it's all about price, right? It's yes. like, oh, totally here's a movie I've never seen, but it's on Criterion for five dollars. Like I'm gonna take it over. Yeah, Sicario for twelve bucks on Blu-ray. Like
1: I'm, like you know, I'm just I'm, I'm I got, just a man of I got Sicario for five bucks at Target. So yeah,
0: yeah. Nice. Well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it is. I mean, yeah, when a movie's eight years old and it's not, you know, it, it's Blu-rays are now like five to ten bucks. Like that's just how it is. So yeah. if you find if you find it in a store, but man, Targets Targets movie section is just dwindling and dwindling. Yeah. And dwindling. I don't even
1: bother anymore. It's all. Always... It's always the same. They never rotate the stock anymore. Like it's it's a joke. Oh yeah.
0: I still, if you do go to Walmart, I know you know. I don't know if you guys ever go there, but they still have those big bins where you buy like yeah. three for ten. Mm-hmm. I I love that. You find like three random movies. Like two of them suck, but you still like them. And then they carry
1: 10. they carry the newly released Shutter movies for some reason. I don't know how that deal was put in place, but oh. you can get Shutter new releases. I mean on
0: DVD, but still, they're there. I'm. I. I. I have. I, I'm not uh, against DVDs. I, I actually. I still have you know a ton of DVDs. I'm I not. I buy uh, used honestly.
1: DVDs, but I won't buy new DVDs.
0: Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Like at half price, <laughs> I buy DVDs all the time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I like you have a line, Connor. <laughs>
0: well, it's like <laughs> if mean, I'm going <laughs> to buy a
1: movie full price, I want the best possible right. quality. No, it totally it's not going to be DVD. But if I find oh. it used at Goodwill for two bucks, I don't give a shit.
0: Yeah. Every man has that. a code. Yeah. that, that
1: that's mine. <laughs>
3: Yeah, hey, the tagline the tagline of this movie, uh let me find it. I just looked at it, is the border is just another line to cross.
1: <laughs> that sounds like some Steven Seagal shit. Like that does not sound like something that should be on a movie of this caliber. Yeah, that
3: sounds very cheesy. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: here yeah, here's the thing. I, I think Taylor Sheridan, if he doesn't have someone like mm-hmm. working with him. <laughs> and, and obviously, on TV, there's like a whole room of people who are like working on Yellowstone and Kevin Costner. Let's be honest, Kevin Costner has last say in everything that happens. He's like, oh, yeah. no, I want to hang out on my own ranch that weekend. So we're not going to do this. But if Sheridan, if, like a lot of Sheridan stuff could come across kind of like douchey, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yes. And yes. Especially at the beginning of Sicario, I remember when I saw in theaters, I was like, uh, I'm not a big fan of title cards, like where it's like, you know what sicario means it means hitman in spanish
2: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
1: <laughs> you
0: know just kind of like I, well, I, I don't know i well, mean
1: I like know. a lot of his work a lot of taylor sheridan's work it does feel like the first draft could be a chuck norris movie <laughs> but then it goes <laughs> yes. through the process and it turns into something with value yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah exactly I, yeah it's, that's that's definitely where like my mind was moving uh yeah, I've always felt that way about Sheridan, you know, under, w- without the right people with him, I, I think a lot of his stuff could just could just take That's a dark turn.
1: Every artist should avoid yes men as much as possible. You need someone to tell you that your idea is bullshit and needs to be rethought.
0: Yeah, or or needs a complete, yeah. Uh, yeah, either, you need to have other someone, be,
1: someone has to be honest with you or you're never going to grow as an artist.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love I love a good duo. You know, I love my auteurs, the people who can write and direct. But I do love a good combination of two people, like a great screenwriter who who knows how to write dialogue and characters, and and a a guy who has a vision, like Denny, and he's like, "Hey, after that title card, let me take over, buddy. <laughs> like this movie's mine now." <laughs> and you can tell, you know, him and Deakins and, and Johansson take over like that. So, um, without further ado, let's uh let's talk about some of the stuff we love from this movie, do some awards. So I like to take just a slight break uh, and then dig into these. You guys know the drill, so we'll be right back. Okay, first off, we have the Quentin Tarantino Award for the best quote, or favorite quote, I should say. Uh, the Thomas Newman Award for your favorite music moment. Philip Hoffman Award for your favorite performance. And the John Carpenter Award for your favorite scene. Uh, let's go Connor, Adam, and myself. So Connor, you kick us off here. Okay, Um,
1: so for the Tarantino, I had one written down that was goofy, that was like, ha, that was funny or kind of funny and scary, depending on how you're viewing the situation. But then there was a line at the end of the movie that I'm like, I can't I got to write that down. It's it's the last line of the film from Alejandro. After everything, all this shit's gone down, Emily Blunt is like, you know, threatening to talk and Alejandro's like, you don't you don't want to do that. (laughs) and just like convinces her to stop. And he says, "You should move to a small town where the rule of law still exists. You will not survive here. You are not a wolf, and this is the land of wolves now." Like fuck, yeah. man! That is some <laughs> yeah. tense shit. Yeah, like this, the cartel rules all, and the
0: sooner you accept that, the easier this is going to be. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Bleak. Bleak. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. the, but it, and my favorite part of that is he ta- he's taking apart the gun. And then she puts it back together and points it at him and I'm like, "Oh, shit." But he
3: knows. He's like, she's not going to shoot me. Yeah, yeah. No. no way. Hell, hell he no. can take care yeah. of this in a second. He
0: doesn't have to. He knows that yeah. this is an empty threat. Yeah. <laughs> God, it's such a good scene. Yeah. Emily Emily Blunt and Benicio del Toro when they're together, this mm. movie is is electric. Oh God, yeah. this was great, you know, great,
1: after watching like you know the wolfman and guardians of the galaxy and shit i was like finally benicio get the fucking act again yeah
2: like,
0: yeah yeah so nice to see yeah. him try he he's like one of the guys who is clearly like clear this is clearly his job you know this is clearly a, a way he makes his his money pays his bills but every now and again every every few years he gets to really really hone in and it, it is glorious you know um I'm trying to think of some of my favorite, like usual suspects. He gets to kind of do both. He's like acting, but also gets to be silly. Like, yeah, you, fucking cocksucker. <laughs> you know, you fucking Uh, but, he, but like traffic in 2000s from Soderbergh, like he really gets to be Benicio Del Toro in that. Uh, of course, you know, this is, this is probably my, one of my very favorite performances of his.
1: I love him in snatch. It's a similar oh, character. Yes. To usual suspect. I love when he's talking fast. I don't know why fast talking. Benicio is so fucking funny to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> he's excellent every time he pops up it's it's a good thing you know uh mm-hmm. we'll be talking we'll be talking about him a couple weeks again in inherent vice pops up in that it's it's great yeah. adam what what'd you pick for your tarantino adam
3: uh so this is the josh brolin uh character uh matt yes uh yeah yeah who yeah with his with his fuck you flip-flops um yeah let's
2: you pretentious <laughs> douchebag. <Nice.
3: man>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love that. Uh, okay, so he has a line. It's, it's relatively late in the movie, but um, he's talking to Emily Blunt's character and, and says, Medellin refers to a time when one group controlled every aspect of the drug mm. trade, provided, providing a measure of order that we would control. Uh, and until somebody finds a way to convince 20% of the population to stop snorting and smoking that shit, order is the best we can hope for. And, you, and what you saw up there was Alejandro working toward returning that order. And another very bleak thing, but also just like this of like pragmatic way of just like, hey, look, like we're not solving this with like, you know, these like little like busts and stuff like that. It's like this, this goes so far. This is so pervasive in the culture that this is the only way we can even like have any semblance of control if we essentially partner with crime lords to like try to stop other crime lords. That's really that's really, you know, that's really what he's saying there. Um which is which is yeah very bleak. But but you know like again I don't know like how accurate this this is real life, but I'm sure there's a degree of realism to to this um, and how, how some of the business is done at the kind of higher ends of some of these agencies that these people work for. Yeah. Well, it is, it is
1: like a, it's a world that, you know, is going to live with or without, you know, law intervention. And it's there, it it is so powerful. So many nations like economies are dependent on this trade. It's fucked Mm -hmm. up, but it is, it's a business and it's a, one of the most profitable businesses on the planet. And, you know, people start fucking with that you need to remind the other people who's in charge and this is the bet. This is how they do it. I I think this
0: movie's scarily
1: accurate probably.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It it feels, it feels like super fictional, but also nonfiction, you know, just it's obviously got some exaggerated stuff, but, but you, you can tell there's, there's source material somewhere that, that kind of pointed them towards this kind of a story. And benicio just benicio just takes it and fucking runs with it it uh there- it's so it's so good i remember the first time i saw it and he, like he, i don't know at that time i uh let's see i was 20 i remember thinking kind of like oh, huh like is that guy is that guy bad <laughs> you know it's <laughs> like i can't tell you know and then and then you you start putting stuff together and you're like okay josh brolin's character is being very vague about stuff and Saludia is the one who's like, fucking tell me what's going on. Like, stop keeping us in the dark. And you start putting it together, but you're not quite ready for that twist. Like that extreme of a twist. The first time you see it, of just, oh, this guy literally works for the competition. Like he literally is one of the head honchos in Colombia taking down Mexico. It Like that's it. It's that simple.
1: It reminded me, Benicio's whole character reminded me of a song, of a lyric from the Ghetto Boys song, Damn, It Feels Good to Be a Gangster, <laughs> which is a... Uh, I'm paraphrasing. Uh real gangsters yeah. don't flex nuts because real gangsters know they got him. Like, yeah. He doesn't need to tell everybody he's in charge. We
0: just know he's fucking in charge. Well, my mind immediately goes to office space. Office space. It's impossible. It's impossible yeah, to hear that of course, not think of office space. Yeah. 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 Why <laughs> should I change my name? He's the one who sucks. Yeah. What exactly uh, is
1: it that you say
2: you, you do, do here?
0: Oh, <laughs> God, I, 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 we need an excuse to do that movie on a podcast. For uh, sure, it's oh, never God. it's <laughs> never been done on filmgasm. So. No, we yeah, that's gotta happen. Yeah, yeah, it's just it, it's <laughs> next it, honestly year,
3: next year, 25th anniversary.
0: Oh, there you go. Let's 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 figure that out. Um, good shit. You guys both chose, I wrote three down just in case. I wrote two of those down, and I wrote one more, so I'll use the one more that I have. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's the most. It's the most badass shit to say to somebody before you're about to fucking kill them. Time to meet God. Yes. <laughs> like I, I can't, I can't not write that down. And and he, yeah. you know, he says it. In, he says it in Spanish, so I think it's hora de conocer a Dios. And obviously, obviously, I'm I'm white as they come, but uh, I can't speak Spanish, even though I've been around it my entire life here in San Antonio. But time to meet God before you before you kill someone, before you kill someone that, that ruined your life is the coolest shit to say to somebody. And not only say it to somebody that you're going to kill, but, like, you, you killed, you killed, like, their children and their wife while they're eating dinner, you know? Like, no, I'll finish your meal. You know? Like, it's just, like, <laughs> it's the coldest shit ever. And, like, I know I probably shouldn't be laughing or, like, celebrating that or spotlighting it but i love movies i love drama i love intense moments and that is about as, as intense as it comes is when he takes Manuel diaz drives up to the to the estate kills like five or six dudes as he goes into this giant giant mansion and just walks to the backyard spits out he just spits like inside of the home before he walks to the backyard and is like i'm about to kill all four of these motherfuckers And it's like, oh man. (laughs) He pauses for that second and
3: it lingers on him, just like saying at the edge of the yard. And he's just kind of like, all right, here we go. You know, he has, yeah, they're just kind of like, this is the moment I've been, I've been kind of waiting for. Well, that's the thing. That's, that's what good actors do, right? They make you empathize with like, like horrible people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, like, let's call it what it is. He's a terrible person. You know what I mean? Like, he just, he just, he knows how to kind of game the system kind of for himself and his, the people he works for, which the people he works for sometimes are on completely opposite teams. You know, it's it's like, he just kind of just, that's what I said, you know, Alejandro works for whoever will pay him, you know, essentially is, yeah. is what, what, uh, what his deal is. Um, and yeah. yeah. He's an absolutely you know, menacing character. I mean, he just is,
0: is just his so, eyes, his yeah. eye, his eyes, like even the haircut was just like, you know, cause Benicio done, has done multiple haircuts, right? He can pull off the long hair. He can do like the buzz cut, but when he had this kind of like spiked up and we just, yeah. when he's just holding the pistol with the, with the, the silencer on it, you're like, dude, that's so sick.
3: <laughs> well, and you know he's just so experienced too. I mean, you know, multiple scenes you can tell he's like he's starting to pick out, like, okay, no, that one's fine, that one's fine, that one's fine. Okay, this is the car to worry about here. You know what I mean? He's just like he has a, such a keen eye oh, of like yeah. you know, how exactly do we navigate this whole world? It's it's really impressive.
0: Yeah, so I I, I was I I kinda knew I was gonna choose that because time to me, God, yeah, it's just like one of the coolest like sent phrases. But also another phrase from him that I think is like delivered beautifully is is a a scene I won't I won't totally discuss. But when he looks at Emily Blunt and says, welcome to Juarez, you're like, oh, yeah. man. <laughs> oh, man, that guy's been through some stuff. So I love those two kind of just like little phrases that he has. But uh, yeah, good shit. Thomas Newman Award, best uh, favorite music moment. Connor, what'd you pick? Uh, It was a scene you alluded
1: to earlier, um, Arizona sunrise. Uh,
0: mm. The soldiers walking towards
1: the tunnel, just very tense, pre-battled music. You don't know who's coming back from this you don't know what to expect on the other side of that tunnel. And you just feel like, you know, only, only Brolin and Del Toro know the full mission here and it's going to get people killed. Uh, and it's just a great, you know, calm before the storm moment. Then coupled with some gorgeous cinematography.
0: Yeah. Straight up, man. That is, this is one of the coolest shots that Deacons has ever pulled off. So, uh, this movie, this movie does sunsets really, really well. Uh, even when that one guy who uh, is smoking the cigarette with Emily Blunt with Kate and is like, hey, come here, let me show you something. And he's like happy. And they climb up that ladder and you just see boom, 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 boom. Like he's like, you like fireworks? <laughs> like Jesus. Like, and the way the sun, you know, you're like, because it's it's the perfect kind of like here's hell. But like you look at the sky and you're like, if a God's real, if God is real, he like that, that would be like a sign that like there is a God, there is like a gracious you know higher power out there that gave us this beautiful sunset and these clouds just hanging above but then down on earth here we are just ruining it you know <laughs> like boom 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 just just bombs and you know fire you know he's like those aren't firecrackers you know <laughs> like jesus man like yeah no you're ugh. right yeah,
3: yeah him being almost like excited by it cuz like these are all these are these are these are dudes who like kind of, they get turned on by like war, right? Right. It's like, like the, these type of military personnel are the guys who are Chaos. like, I want, action. I want action. Yeah, like, like I mean, the Jeffrey Donovan character says it at one point, he's like, I think I'm getting a boner. Like when he like thinks like- <laughs> Jeffrey Donovan you know? lights out. Oh man, man. Austin, if we had a Dion Waiters award, that, I mean, it's no question uh, about it. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's- the Jeffrey Donovan. Yeah, he he he's he's so good. But but no, I I think that scene is, is really key. And you know, there's the first time I ever drove to LA from San Antonio. So you just take I-10 west, you just go straight, you know, it goes straight to LA. Um yeah. I was with some some friends of mine right after I graduated high school, and there is this point where you're driving in El Paso right along the border, and it's like literally to your left is Mexico, to your right is the US. Like it's it's wild like how like narrow that gets at one point. And I just remember one of the guys that I was with which you know, this is a very American, you know, viewpoint. Um, that we're standing with, but there is obviously, there is obviously a reason why so many people are trying to leave Juarez to get to El Paso, to get to America, to get to Arizona, whatever it may be, um, is because it's not, it's not great, right? There's other parts of Mexico that are absolutely gorgeous and, you know, beautiful people and beautiful, you know, and there are people in in Juarez who are beautiful people, but they've, they've been, they've been, um, it's, it's been painted with a horrible brush because of, you know, largely of this drug trade, right? This is a horrible, um, the crime that has come to that city and all that stuff. This is all true stuff but my friend that was with us, Brett, awesome. He met briefly, like, man, man. He was just like, look, these people right here have to wake up every single day and just like, look out their front door. And it's like, man, right there is freedom. You know, like, it's like that, that has got to be just brutal, you know, like, like it was this kind of like sobering moment, you know, like, not that like America is like just this oasis, you know, but, um, but certainly from Juarez to, 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 you know, uh, states is is certainly an upgrade so um in terms of just like freedoms you know and just and just the ability to kind of you know go about your day without worrying about gunfire constantly going off you know um it's yeah it's pretty wild so yeah there is this point where it's 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 i mean you're right there you're like literally right on the the border kind of driving along the border of the country it's it's pretty cool
0: yeah wild (laughs) stuff
3: Connor, have you ever you ever been to el paso i have not
1: i have not
0: um yeah it's an interesting place
1: I've been doing, I was at a resort in Mexico when I was a kid, but that's like my only brush with Mexico. So I don't count as myself ever having been to Mexico. That's not
3: really Mexico. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I was, I got off
0: a cruise ship in Cozumel. I was not in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, Fortunately, Adam and I have both been able to um, go on like a, like a mission trip with our church when we were younger and you go to this town called Reynosa and you help, (laughs) help like build houses there that that is that is mexico that is uh some some tough stuff you know some people that some people some of the nicest people i've ever met in my life you know beautiful and, beautiful, beautiful yeah uh still remember so, like kicking the soccer ball there's there's a kid named oscar that i remember like just was attached to adam and i because he was like these guys are here they want to play soccer let's fucking get down you know and and that was cool like that was that was enough to just like from sunup to sundown, like that's what we'll do, you know? Yeah, we, can barely, we can barely speak, but yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the well, that, Yeah, that's a whole other conversation, right? But like the, the beauty of pop culture, sports, whatever it is, is, is like, is, is the language, you know, it becomes exactly. the language between, yes, yeah, yeah. you know, you break down the, those barriers. So it's really cool. If you can find someone to talk about movies with, or, or soccer with, or basketball or whatever it is, that's, that's huge. That can like create a whole relationship. So, uh, it's happened to me, so many times like all over the world, uh, just being able to talk about stuff and, and, and being being willing to talk about it without knowing exactly what your thoughts are. <laughs> you, know, you know, you just you just say names if you like, yeah, Brad Pitt, you know, like all right. Yeah. Or messy. You know, you just yeah. do that. And it like and it works. And there's like beauty in that, like the simplicity of it. So uh crazy place, yeah, man. Congress should go to El Paso's pretty fucking cool. I think El Paso has some like awesome stuff to offer. Uh, it is like an eight hour drive from here, but uh, cool place. I I, I think, I, and it's a different kind of heat. You know, <laughs> just the just the sun feels like it's like ten feet above you. It's yeah, it's like that. But so. some
3: some really some really beautiful kind of like sunsets
0: and vistas and oh you know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, oh it's, yeah, it's, yeah. West Texas, baby. Yeah, and and you, and you can see a lot of uh, a lot of movies you love, Connor. You can see in West yeah. Texas. So you can like, oh wow, the like just the the dryness, kind of like the, the desert nature of it. But also, yeah, the way the the way the clouds hang is just is just different. So it's cool, good stuff. Uh, so real Connor, quick, yours, go real ahead. quick. All right, so Connor, you chose Arizona Sunrise, right? Yeah,
1: uh, it's not called okay. that, but that's the scene that I. That's
0: yeah. basically what. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Adam, you're next for your Newman. Um, what do you got? Uh, same scene. <laughs> uh, so not to be too boring, I, I specifically put
3: when they kind of go into the night vision mode because it, it's the first time the score really picks up the tempo like like mm-hmm. they like it kind of has that same kind of you know general vibe whether the volume is, is high or low but the actual tempo gets quickened like big time And it's the first time that like they're letting you know with the score like hey this is about to be pretty pretty nuts here you know um i mean there's plenty of things in the movie that <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is when you you start to realize like these are these are this is an intense intense thing we're, we're about to experience here so um yeah not to be too boring I picked the same thing but yeah that that, that I just put that the, the score tempo quickening as they head to the tunnel at dusk and then the night vision kicking in that was kind of my favorite
0: spot okay very nice you guys chose kind of the similar similar area there uh so that <laughs> that seems so great the just the noise and their stuff and Josh Brolin just like fuck yeah. Yeah. I live i live for this and when they, when they get done he's like oh i was clean ops boys <laughs> oh he's
2: yeah. just he's ridiculous that, that
0: that his
3: character i mean he's so good in this movie but it, like is is the like man it's it's the it's the part of the kind of like american you know military industrial complex that's just like oh man it's gross you know like it, it's it's i mean it's necessary you know to a degree and you know, I think there's there's obviously things that, that they've probably saved us from. People like that have saved us from that we don't even know about, you know. Um, but man, I mean, when you see them talk about like human lives like that, you're just like, now I get why they have to have that mentality, right? They have to have this like, this like, hey, that's the enemy mentality. Um, but as someone who like, you know, fancies himself like an empath, it's like, wow, like you just talk about human lives, like they're just like nothing, you know, like, it's just like, it's really, really disposable. Yeah, yeah. It's really bleak.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, and he he says something that like struck a chord with me because I hear people say it a lot. Because you know, when when you live in s- South Texas, you're you're around a, a lot of Latino people, and there is this kind of. I'd say it's gotten better since I was younger, since we were younger, but there still is this under underneath the surface kind of prejudice thing that that's just going to happen, and of course for. For some people, it's just out, <clears throat> outward racism, you know. Uh, but there's a line with Josh Brolin's character when um I can't remember the fella's name, but when they when they when they go get get the guy in Juarez and they they bring him in, they're gonna like you know they're gonna torture him. Uh and he says no hablo inglés before Alejandro comes in the room. Josh Brolin, Matt, is like, ah, oh, of course, like, of course you're one of those, one of those no hablo inglés. Like, just speak my language, bitch, you know. I hear stuff like that still, you know, still a lot, like yeah. just speak my fucking language. Yeah, you know? We're in like, America. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like just speak English motherfucker, you know, and just like you said, I'm just no empathy. No, because of course, you know, under these circumstances, you know, you have a, a DOD, you know, fucking CIA guy, one or the other. And you have, you have a dude who's involved in the drug cartel in Mexico and is a guy that they like, they need answers from. And, of course, under these circumstances, there's going to be this, this mono-mono kind of like edge to it. But I, I, I mean, in in everyday everyday stuff, if you're just if you're just in San Antonio and you come across someone who I, it happens to me every day, multiple times, where someone comes up and, and at HEB and says something like, uh, just looks at me and says Espanol. and I'm like, unfortunately, no. And I try to go find someone else who does, or if I'm the only one there, I try to just, let's just figure it out. Like, is there any way like you get on Google translate or we, we'll figure it out just to have empathy for the person. Cause I don't know where they're from. I don't know what they've been through. I don't know why they don't know English. It's not like up to me. It doesn't really matter. Like it doesn't really matter what I think, but I hear, especially from an older, like the older generation, forties, fifties, sixties, very much like, just like, have you even just fucking learned English yet? And it, it, It reminded me of like of that, you know, like this character of Matt Josh Brolin like plays it so well, where it kind it kind of like made me think about some some shit that just happens every day for us, right? Just living in Texas. So I don't know if you guys kind of understand what I'm getting at, but it it, struck a chord, like they'll like made me pause the movie and just be like, "Fuck!" (laughs) It's one of those like slight things that's like I don't know if that's ever going to get fixed. Well, I, I felt that, I felt that also, I mean, a similar feeling
3: at the scene when they are at the buses and when Daniel Koulou yes. is you know, they bring back in and it's all the, the, the kind of refugees and stuff like that. And it's just like, I mean, you can tell Josh Brolin is just like, yeah, I don't care about these people. And it's just like, I, can I get an answer? You know, like, um, and it's like, man, that's, there's so many people there, you know? I mean, the, the guy makes that joke about like, what am I going to do with an $8,000 check to dominoes? You know, like, like how am I going to explain that to the, you know, like, to like yeah. my, my superiors and stuff like that. And it's like, I, I, I mean, man, I, you just see so many people like hurting and you just want, I mean, obviously look, it's impossible to accept, you know, every single person in the world, you know, it's like, like, that's not, that's not realistic, but it's like, wow. I mean, they just, they just, they just, yeah, it's disposable. It's just like, yeah, they just, yeah, well, just like, they just like fell prey to the system and like, you know, like, oh, well, you know, it's like, ah, wow. That's just, it's so hard to watch that and just kind of like, you know, yeah. You, you feel the enormity of the task of, of, of people who work in those fields and, and I feel, you know, empathetic for that. Oh, yeah, um, And then look, here's the reality is like, if, if we did not have people like, like a Josh Brolin type character, it's like, there are things that would happen that would be really bad. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, this is the type of guy who is stopping some things from now the means that how he gets there are certainly questionable, but there are people like that in, you know, our government, our militaries and and militaries all around the world, um, that do stop some truly heinous things from happening. You know, I I have no doubt about that. I mean, we have people awesome we went to high school with that, um, uh, I don't even want to say the name because I don't know if I'm supposed to, but like uh, they, had a, they had a dad who used to work real high up in in, in kind of some government agencies stuff like that. And he would yeah. talk, he said, he said you would be stunned at the amount of terrorist attacks that we have stopped, you know, like, like through, through different things. He's like, he's like, it's, 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 it's a shocking number, you know? Um, he said, look, not all of them would be nine eleven where there's thousands of people, but, but you know, things that we've stopped that, that people have no clue that we've stopped, you know? Um, so we, we need people that have that, that that kind of the aggression and the ability to kind of like, pick out who's the bad apple in this group, right? Like, how do we, how do we find this person and stop them from doing something really, truly terrible? Um, but man, the means of how they get there sometimes is really, really dark. Wild. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well,
1: there needs to be, like, there needs to be accountability for how we treat each other. I mean, there is, you know, a lot, a complete lack of humanity in how uh, particularly illegal immigrants are treated in this country. Yeah. Like, you know, they're just rounded up on buses and thrown back into some part of Mexico. They don't even they don't ask names. They don't ask situation. There's no case by case basis. It's like they're cattle in some cases. Uh, And my my not to toot my own horn here, but my thesis actually goes into a lot of how Hispanic people are treated through the lens of the film industry and talks about like. I kept looking for the yellow filter in Sicario, you know, the traffic filter where it's like Mexico looks weird and otherworldly because of the filter they use in the camera. And Sicario, I did feel like didn't have that, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it is a, it's a problem that is never addressed. Uh,
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I I hear you. I was definitely thinking about that. The yellow, (laughs) the famous breaking bad yellow tint. Yeah. Uh, now we're now we're in cartel land, you know. Like now Don Eladio is just around the corner. But but this this movie very much treats it as here's here's a line that separates two countries. Over on this side there's some evil motherfuckers, over on this side there's some evil motherfuckers. Even in Colombia there's some evil motherfuckers. This movie is like just not it is not for it's not forgiving at all. It's well, very much for the cartel. it's very much explo- it's exploiting a bunch of different uh, cultures, yeah. Yeah. Well, the movie
1: pretty much says that, like, for the cartel, there are no borders. Like, this is—it's yeah. all yeah. their land. It doesn't matter what we say is ours; it's all theirs.
0: Correct. Yeah. It's just those are just lines. I don't care. Yeah. About it. yeah. It's to make <laughs>
1: us feel safe, but in reality, it's all bullshit.
0: <laughs> yep. Oh man. Yeah. Sicario. Yeah, if you're feeling down, don't watch this. <laughs> <laughs> no watch this movie. Uh, so you guys both chose again. We're back to the Newman Award. And I'll choose mine. So, um, I wrote down two. I was listening to the the score on on Spotify earlier today, and while we we've, we've mentioned multiple times, there's it's got some similar vibes going on throughout. Just kind of this brooding, just tone setting, dark uh, score. There there are those moments where it does pop, and 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 I, I obviously wanted to choose one as well. I'm gonna stay away from the one I really want to choose, just because we're gonna talk about it later. But the 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 one I'll choose, just because I want to shout out the opening scene of this movie. Uh, there's the first piece of score is called "Armored Vehicle," and it's the first scene of the movie. And my God, if you want to set the stage and really get you know get people wondering what's about to happen in your movie, this is how you do it. Uh, we see an open open shot of kind of a suburban area in Arizona. And you're like, okay, all right, what's going on here? It looks very similar to so many things we've seen before, right? Just this kind of, here's the West. And then out of nowhere, here comes the SWAT team, FBI SWAT team kind of like creeping in. You're like, oh, fuck, here we go. Like the movie is just getting started, you know? We haven't, you know, we we don't know anybody's name yet. We don't know who's in this. We just know the FBI SWAT team's coming in. And then you see a really cool shot of a guy like hanging out, like playing video games in his chair. And the, the fucking car, the armored vehicle just boom, just breaks in and that's when the music kicks in and you're like holy shit this is crazy and then you find out you know emily blunt's character kate gets shot at that's when they find all the bodies on the wall and you're like what kind of dave fincher shit is going on here you know yeah. and, and and the movie just opens it just opens up completely from from there on out you very quickly you learn who josh brolin is and or or who he's pretending to be right and then emily blunt and Daniel clue are kind of brought into this thing so it's it's a good it's a good first scene and also that piece of score is is pretty pulsating pretty pounding uh whenever the, the vehicle goes through the wall and you're just like oh this is this is gonna be a different kind of movie so uh I, I've, I've always loved that that opening scene i think is just really strong uh that's where we see a lot of players right we see a lot of the players that we're going to be with for the rest of the movie shout out to victor garber who i think is great um at the beginning of the movie as well we haven't talked about him but everyone in this cast just deserves a shout out. So uh, I had to kind of, we hadn't really talked about the beginning of the movie yet. So I just thought it was really, really strong opening. And uh, I know we're going to talk about the other scene, <laughs> the other scene yeah, here well, in a little
3: bit. I, yeah. I don't know if we're going to have a chance to talk about the opening thing, but I, I had, I had a few notes about that and, and stuff so if that if this is the place. Yeah. Go I, ahead. Yeah. I,
0: I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think this is the right place. Yeah.
3: I mean, I mean the, the, once they figure out the bodies that are in the wall, I mean, there's man, is,
0: many. Like, there's so many, yeah
3: it's just like the stuff of like absolute nightmares and, and they kind of linger on some faces without making it really really obvious you know that they're lingering on the faces i don't know like um and then yeah the that the guy the guy who's playing video games like i like i, I think about this so many times in, in movies like this and people get caught up in like who become a part of this world and look uh, I, I you know i mean he, he's gotten to the point now where it's like he's so desensitized to the fact that there's just like rotting dead bodies all around he's just like casually playing video games and there's like it's like Man, I mean, that is just like, I can't imagine, you know, like getting to the point in my life where I'm like, man, I need this money so bad, or I have no other options so bad that, like, I need to go work for this person that is doing these awful, awful things. And then just like hiding bodies in a wall. Like, it's just like, wow. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, it's just horrible, yeah, horrific.
1: Well, here's the thing though in those, in that culture, to a lot of those people, the cartel. Aren't necessarily villains. They're, they represent a way out. They represent, you know, taking yeah, back your right. country from a corrupt government. So, like, there's right. a level of propaganda there that encourages young people to join up with a cartel because they see it as their only option. It's right. like I punk thought-
0: rock. It's like punk yeah, rock to them. Yeah. yeah. It's
3: like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's fucked things, up. Like- yeah. it is it's is. It's like i can't i can't imagine how like we're just so lucky to like have you know by, by virtue of just like how we were raised and all that stuff that we we don't have to result resort to that right it's like that's what i'm yeah. saying like, i can't even imagine getting to that point i'm not even like oh man like what an evil character like you know he can't even you know realize there's it's like he he thinks he's doing something cool probably you know what i mean he's like this is great i'm working for this guy like you know like he's telling his cousins, he's telling his buddies, like, hey, I'm working for this dude. Like, you know, he's high up, and you know, he to have this house and all this stuff." It's like he, it's like he doesn't even understand how like fucked up it is. You know what I mean? Like, that's 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 kind of like the scariest part. Um, and it's like that's what I'm saying. I can't imagine in my own like little, you know, limited world like getting to that point because I've just been so lucky. It's like, yeah, I don't. I'm almost not even like blaming the kid himself. It's just like, wow, what a crazy like twisted world. To, like that that he like feels okay to just kind of like, you know, sit there and play video games while these bodies are. It's just wild, man. You know.
0: Yeah, you 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 never uh you never play like a little crash bandicoot with a
3: <laughs> I have not. I the have house not. The house
0: of corpses? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I I I hear you on that. I mean, it's 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 brutal. It's such a I mean, this is why this is I don't I don't, I don't want to say that. This is one of the reasons why movies are so important is just opening up your perspective. And if you're not someone who's able to go to school and, and learn about this stuff or travel around the world and learn about this stuff or have parents who like, you know, just, just teach you well. The movies are a huge way for you to just, just see the world and just see how things are and see how dark it is out there and also see how good it is out there.
3: Yeah. I was going to say, I was gonna say, but yeah, but you also need to be careful to not let this be the your only, your only thought of Mexico. Cause I, I can see someone off, you know up awesome. Especially yes, exactly. In, in some of the worlds where we've grown up where they'd be like that. Ah, see, that's why I don't go there. You know, and it's like okay, okay, It's like dude, Mexico City
0: is fucking sick. Yeah, it's like yeah.
3: they're showing us like the like worst of the worst crime in Juarez, like which is like a notoriously like you know crime filled like cities, like that doesn't represent like all of Mexico. And it's like millions and millions and millions of inhabitants. It's like it's got one of the largest cities in the world. You know, like I like it's got this you know rich rich culture of a uh, you know ton of different diversity and, and Native Americans and, and, and it's like that that is that is um our natives I should say and and, and like that is. Yeah, that, that's a story like worth telling. Like that's why that's why Roma is important, right? Because it's like, okay, that's now we're seeing it from you know a different perspective. And um yeah, yeah. So, yeah well, it's the importance of yeah. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah.
1: Roma is a Mexican film. It's Hollywood that depicts, constantly depicts Mexico as this crime-ridden hellscape that only yeah. you know hardened American badasses can fix. Right. And it's right. done that since the 50s with you know, I think of Touch of Evil, which is a film about you know a border city filled with corruption and it's uh again I don't, I don't i keep bringing it back but it's just it's hard not to with hispanic films like this My Do thesis, it. which talks all about this <laughs> and yeah. i talk about the the problem hollywood has with depicting hispanics in a realistic way because they're a minority that they can pigeonhole into roles like the criminal the gangster the bandito it's it's a uh,
3: It's a real problem. I I hate that.
1: I like, yeah, I like accurate representation. And yeah, there are cartels in Mexico, but it's not just cartels in Mexico.
3: Yes. Yes. And so, so yeah, so that that thing is like, you know, this story is a contained story, right? It's two hours. Like, like they're not gonna be able to tell the breadth of like Mexican history. And you know, it's like, like, that's not the movie's fault, but it's like the industry as a, as a whole um, has, has, has clearly not done, you know, anywhere close to a good enough job for that. So is the, I will ask you this, you guys both this, is there room in this movie? Because I, I made a note about the kind of C plot, the the cop character, um, that obviously we kind of, you know, we meet um later in the film, you know, and, and there's there's the foreshadowing of like, oh, is dad like working or are you working? He's like, Oh, not until tonight, you know, and it's like you kind of feel like okay, he you know, he's gonna pop up somewhere later and does. Um it, it, did it do enough to maybe show the humanity like of like that world? Um, Cause I thought the, I thought on, on like the kind of, you know, the, I don't I don't know how many times I've seen it now, but quite a few on this watch, especially that, that struck me as like, man, those scenes are, are incredibly important or else this would just be like a military movie. You know what I mean? Like, like, it, if not for us getting the sense of like, okay, this is what a real family is going through in Juarez and like, the, you know, the soccer scene at the end, obviously the gunshots are going off and, you know, like, Hey, like this is this is affecting real human lives who are not trying to be part of the the cartel. They're just like a kid trying to play soccer with his dad. You know what I mean? Like uh, like I I, did do enough to kind of humanize like that world. I think it would have if the cop had been
1: the main character, if he if the film had been through his eyes, Mm. then we would have gotten that. But I feel like we did not. We didn't. Mm. It's mostly focused on the American effort to end the drug war or so Emily Blunt thinks
3: yeah now we we get that all the time with films like this right so so i guess where this maybe gets credit and some maybe other movies might not is like i i leave this movie thinking these guys are not the good guys Like, like no like like they're not painting josh brolin as a hero now i there's a reading if you want to watch it that way you could probably do that if you really want to like there's a very pro america like you know um i stand for the flag guy like that could be like josh brolin is my hero i don't think the movie is saying that though um no yeah i think think if you're watching it closely you're you're you're, yeah i think it's pretty clear these guys are villains too
0: yeah yeah and 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 ultimately you go back to who who got on board and who's sitting in the director's chair a french guy a a french canadian a french canadian right and Yeah. yeah and and he he you look at his filmography time and time again is like look how fucked up people are over and over and over like that's like that's his thing he's like look how dark things can be or or are whether it's whether it's prisoners it's just it's like a family drama but he's like look how fucked up if you take something from somebody look how fucked up Hugh Jackman gets look how fucked up Paul Dano gets Melissa Leo right uh enemy I mean enemy is one of the most like brutal just like I mean look how like look how important we think our perspective on ourselves is um Sicario obviously arrival arrival is like jesus is just a complete mind fuck and uh and blade runner is like look how bad it could get (laughs) you know it's very david fincher it's very just like everybody sucks everybody's fucked like we are fucked humanity is like it's not there's nothing left so i walk away from this movie thinking he understands that taylor sheridan understands that the actors on board understand that it's not it's not our fault and i know that uh, this is not what you're saying adam but it's not our fault if some Texans who are pro guns and pro military and pro all of this stuff to be like, man, Sicario is my favorite movie. Hell yeah. Which, right. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. I don't think, I don't think it really is. I don't really hear because they saw who was directing it is some guy named Den- Denny What Dennis yeah. Villa- Villeneuve. you yeah, know, yeah. like that's, that's their attitude towards it. It also, it made a lot of money, but 85 million is not like, no, 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 no. Oh my God. Like fucking American sniper. You know, like it's yeah. not that kind. It's not that kind of money also that movie's called American Sniper this is called sicario right. like a spanish word for for a hitman so yeah. I, I love all these points that we're bringing up i think it's i think it's something that that is we're supposed to bring up when we talk about this movie and you are supposed to kind of scratch your head or think about it at least and kind of you know have your questions um going back to the silvio character oh man i think i think this is this is easily the whole of the movie um and if someone's going to not like Sicario, this is what I think they would point at. If you go on Letterboxd, this is the one. If you see a one star, two star, two and a half star review, they're they are tearing that that whole like plot line to shreds. The the Silvio one where it's just like, Oh, we'll show him like eating breakfast next to his kid with his gun right there, just to be like, Hey, this guy's real. Like he has a real life. But then we show Emily Blunt and Daniel Kaluuya in their hotel room have like normal day banter about a bra.
1: With Sylvia, like, we don't get any moral ambiguity. All we get is, oh, this guy's got kids. That's all we get. It. He never yeah. he never has a crisis of faith. He never has a crisis of, like, am I doing the right thing? He just gets, you know, taken out by Benicio when the time is right. There's no there's yeah. no for the guy. So I get yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I understand it, too. I I, I love this movie, obviously, like, all my heart. And I, I think it's just, like, a total feat. And I'm, I'm like, able to separate, especially when I'm talking to you two guys about movies. I know, like, I know you guys know my heart's in the right place and, and vice versa. But I, I, I do understand. Like, I do understand that this movie does get kind of this. It, 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 every movie is going to have its group of haters. And I understand where these haters are coming from. Yeah. i do i did too it's like it, it's it's surprising that this is only two hours right it's like it's it's the type yeah. of that,
3: that it's like i i i'm usually like man this, that was 20 minutes too long but like it could have used another 10 to 15 you know kind of fleshing out maybe some some of the more the, the mexican characters um to kind of get you give you a feel of like okay here's why this guy's doing this right rather than, yeah. than just like he's got to do it i mean obviously look he's doing it for money i mean that's that's clear it's like this guy's not like living large by any means but like there there's there's um yeah, there's more there's more meat there that they could have they could have they could have picked at um that they did not but yeah i mean but I, but also i'm glad we got what we did as opposed to that character and that that plot not being in there at all you know what i mean which yeah. in the, in in certain hands right maybe maybe if it was just taylor sheridan directing i, I don't know you know I do maybe this is unfair um maybe we don't even get that right it's like um but we do need this kind of french canadian to come down and, and say hey no we okay we need to kind of show the humanity of, of some of these guys too um i don't know i don't know how that was written i don't know exactly who, yeah. whose idea that was um but yeah, but that that could have been in, in different hands. We maybe didn't even get that at all. And it's just like, man, like, look how, like, shitty this whole world is, like, in general. You know what I mean? Like, like, there's no humanity here. You know, it's just, it's just this really dark world. Um, but yeah, that awesome, like you said, the Fincher thing, it's, there's so much Fincher in this, like, and, and in a lot of Denny's stuff. Like, I'm surprised they're not like cousins or something, you know, like they really (laughs) like
2: they have a very similar
3: mindset and they're, they they are obsessed with obsession, right? Like people's obsession, what you get addicted to like, like, you know, what your driving forces in life. And that's, that's, that's the thing that I obviously relate to a lot of the movies with. So, um, yeah, there, there, there's definitely like moments in all of his movies where it's like, Ooh, Fincher could have done that or Fincher, you know, it probably appreciates this, you know,
0: or, or has done that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's good stuff. No, I'm glad I, I knew at some point we we're going to kind of go to go this route. And uh, I'm, I'm glad we did um, here in the middle of our award. So now we'll pick back up with. Performance Phillips from our Hoffman Award. So, Connor, who wins this movie for you?
1: It's easily Benicio del Toro. It's Alejandro is such an enigmatic monster of a human being, but also on our side at the moment. So it's, we're not as, you know, terrified of him. We're almost grateful. Like he's killing the worst guy. I mean, we see him murder two children in this movie. (laughs) And we're left with this kind of like, you know, well, I'm glad he's on our side. And it's that kind of, you know, vibe. It's like, you know
3: he's an asshole but he's our asshole yeah,
1: yeah. the gun's it's, not uh, pointed at me he's saying you know he's protecting the border who are like it's, that's
0: it's it's yeah. billy madison when he looks at steve Buscemi and he goes i'm glad i called that guy
1: <laughs> yeah yes yes yeah. <laughs> but it's also i love his performance is just you know a man of few words he knows what he has to do he knows who is in the loop he knows how this has to go and he's not sharing with anybody the scene where he's like just You know, standing in in Guillermo's face, like with his dick in his face, just like, you know, I'm in charge. Like, this is a scary motherfucker. The way everyone reacts to this guy is so fascinating. Like, it's absolute fear just bubbling over the surface every time. And you just keep thinking, like, who is this guy and what did he
3: do? Yeah, it's the experience, right, too, for me. It's like, it's like, like I said, I mentioned this earlier. It's like, you, you, it's so obvious he has seen everything. So like yeah. his, uh, that, that that eye for just like anything that could go wrong. Or this is the person to watch out for. This is not a guy to watch out for. This is somebody, you know, it's like he just constantly has like head on swivel, can pick out things. He's like the Jason Bourne of this world. But like I, 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 there's like almost laid back, you know, like tempo, you know, it's like this kind of just like, yeah, I'm just kind of here. But yeah, I, I keep using the word menacing. I think that's right. Austin, I, I, have you seen Widows, Connor? I have, yes. So I, I always wonder if Daniel Kaluuya took some stuff from Benicio for the, his role in widows. Cause, cause Daniel Kaluuya yeah. in widows is like, man, that is a scary dude, you know, like, and I wouldn't think of him like that in really any other movies he's, he's been in. But, um, I do wonder if he kind of, you know, picked out some lessons from, from Benicio and, and took them in. <clears throat> yeah.
0: If I have one wish for the rest of the 2020s, it's for Daniel Kaluuya to play more villains. Uh, yes. I, yeah, I, I adore that guy. So he's so good. in widows so good. <laughs> yeah. It's the best part for me of, of widows. Um, Okay, so Benicio for sure for Colin. Alejandro, um, not not a bad pick. Adam, do you feel the same way? Emily Blunt, Emily Blunt for me. Yeah,
3: um, Emily. It's 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 the it's the yeah the Emily Blunt going from you know uh, the Mary Poppins type. I mean, obviously Mary Poppins came out yeah after this, but like type actress, you know, to to the kind of um, yeah like kind of hardcore, you know, Edge of Tomorrow into this and like action. Quiet, quiet place. Yeah. Now, now this is this is a different role than than like Edge of Tomorrow, where there there is a little bit more. Um, uh she's a little more delicate in this in this than maybe than maybe in that movie. Um, and there's clearly a you know, she has this like moral code that she wants to live by and is, is thrown off by this world. And then and then when she realizes she's being used, um, I mean, she plays that so well. I mean, you just see every type of emotion on her face. And I think she just man, I thought she knocked out this performance. And, and again, it's another one that grows me each time. I almost said a tie for the Brits because I wanted I wanted Kaluya and, uh, and, <laughs> and 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 but he's just not in it quite enough to to, to warrant, you know, the very best you Know award here, um, but yeah, another thing too, it's like you know, they're, they're kind of doing the kind of general American accent, but like for that to never really slip and like try to go Texan or something like that, like I really appreciated that. Like, they, they like if you did not know and you know, you'd, you'd never seen them anything, you would, you, I think, you'd be surprised if they're English, but uh, but yeah, no, I thought, I thought, um, yeah, Emily Blunt for me,
1: yeah, makes sense. She's our emo, she's our human emotional connection to this story. If she's not there, we have no one to relate to, we can't relate to gung-ho, you know, saving the world, Josh Brolin, and we can't relate to Medellin, assassin, Benicio. Yeah. So who, who else we got? Uh, we need somebody to have a goddamn soul in this movie. Well, <laughs> and they did too.
3: They did too, or else they literally couldn't have done what they did, right? Like, they, they, it's like they had to, you know, yeah. It's like, yeah, she's totally being used. But yeah, Austin, what about you?
0: Ah, man, <clears throat> I wrote three people down. Obviously, you guys have taken two of them, so I don't know if I should <laughs> pick the third guy or just... I don't know if I should go with my heart here. <laughs> I don't know. I, I wrote down Benicio, Blunt, and Brolin, but if I'm really I mean, being honest, yeah. if I, I love Brolin, I love Brolin. To Brolin's down. great. He, Brolin's so
3: good. Yeah, he yeah.
0: fucking cracks me up in this movie. Even though, like, yeah. I, I, again, this goes back to the conversation we we're having. Like, you kind of have to have your movie cap on to to kind of understand what they're doing with this character. But if I'm really being honest with myself, Benicio del Toro, like, just like kind of in a landslide, I'm just I'm totally obsessed with the dude. I also love you know this goes to Connor's kind of kind of his his stance and like what his thesis is about but like act, actual representation you know actual an actual latino char- guy playing a playing a latino character um and he he's quite simply one of the greatest latino actors of all time so it's just cool to like every time you're kind of in his presence it, it just feels special so uh this is Maybe my fair performance by him. I'd have to really think about that, but uh, it's certainly one of the most brutal, brutal characters he's played. Yeah,
3: yeah, it is, and, and and I think you know I want to kind of maybe tie the two together, you know, real quick with a couple of notes that I'd had, just general notes on the movie. Um, the the scenes between the two of them are so good. I mean, it's like there, there's this kind of like weird chemistry. It's like not like like romantic in any way at all. You know, it's it's very much just like it's almost like kind of like weird amount of like respect for each other and i liked this scene um i'm in it over here where he he he, you know he starts to tell him about you know his family and stuff like that it's like it's the only time benicio shows any sort of humanity like where he's not he turns off the like villain right and he's just he's like okay i can actually kind of like just like let this person in just like a tad you know just like a little bit because i think he, he can sense like hey she's kind of she's kind of freaked out here like she's kind of scared and for good reason right it's like this is an insane world that she's like been dropped into um and it's very different than i think what she expected and i think their scenes together Are really really good um and and i think i think it's it's necessary because if he's just like this totally just like you know this gun wielding like you know villainous character we don't feel anything for him at any point in the movie right it's like um these i think the scenes
0: with the two of them together
3: are are very necessary uh, yeah he
0: saves he saves her life i mean oh yeah yeah you know so i'm I'm with you i'm with you on that i think it's a really cool really cool chemistry that they have i i do i do think blunt one of the reasons I wrote her down and like why I thought about her, in the wrong hands, this character could go off the rails. Yes, so fast. She's yes. like she's very obviously channeling Jodie Foster from sounds of the Lambs*, and not many people can do that. And uh, you you kind of have like this movie's like *Call of Duty*, but it's also like a Fincher movie that's also like sounds of the Lambs*. Like there's multiple things that are just you know going on, and Blunt is kind of at the center of all of it. Right? She's like almost in every frame. And she's she's damn good. Uh, I love the whole smoking thing. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: Reggie's just like, oh, fuck, they got you smoking again. Yeah, <laughs> this must be bad. But in in those two, like you said, the two Brits when they're together, some good stuff. And and yeah. Yeah. I, I do I do wonder about like the actual runtime that, that that all of them have because Kaluya is close to being in the conversation. He's very very close. I, I love the dialogue between Reggie and Kate when uh, reggie points out he's like look i I used to work with people like matt in iraq you got to be careful around these people cia is not supposed to work that side of the fence and she's like no he's a dod advisor and he's like you really believe that yeah he's like (laughs) you need someone he said you need somebody watching your six because i promise you they aren't and she said you know we're not even scratching the surface of what what they're doing uh and they are and he said "Mm." (laughs) you sure picked the motherfuckers to show us yeah he's just like He's like, are you not like here? Like, are you not paying attention? Like, it's right, a but, great
3: scene. But in the end, but in the end, he was watching her six, right? Like, benicia like he, like he was. Oh right? yeah, yes and, yes. and Daniel Kaluuya was the one that slipped up, right? By like, um, like uh, you know, I mean, he didn't know obviously, but like, you know, Correct. having that that friend, you know, like be this dirty cop. I mean, he had no idea that was the case. But still, it's like the guy that was like kind of supposed to like kind of have your back. It didn't in the end, and the and the person you
0: didn't think would did. So it's like that e- that even is even by shooting her in this like in the stunt, like it's he he was saving her life. Yes. Yes. Which yeah. is, which, yeah,
3: which is wild. But yeah. And I made a note about Emily Blunt's uh, performance. I said, you know, um, she does a fantastic job of seeming both ultra confident and slightly uneasy, like at all times, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it, that's, that's a, that's a tough kind of like hurt, you know, line to straddle and she does a really good job of it. I I, I thought
0: she was, she's just fantastic. Yeah. She, yeah, she's really good. So uh, yeah, can't, can't totally argue with that. Connor, if you had a second pick where are you going blunt or, or brawling? Um, probably Brolin, uh, I love I love smarmy. I love
1: a guy who doesn't care that you think he's an asshole. He's just going to do what he has to do. And there's so much unspoken history with every character in here. You can almost just think like, you know, you can almost picture for yourself how they got here. It's never explicitly told how they got here. But you're like, of course, this guy, you know, he did some tours. He yep. He saw the right wheels. He probably knows somebody, you know, some senator somewhere. Cause he's, he, he has this, like, you know, I'm untouchable no matter what way this op goes, I'm not taking the fall for anything. And I, I kind of, you know, I like him. I like Josh Brolin playing those kinds of roles. I want more than uh, I feel too. like he's not actually chewing fucking anything either. He's just doing that with his mouth the whole time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah he, yeah. He, he's really at this point to me, like an American treasure, <laughs> Josh Brolin, he, he, he's, he's done so many different, different things uh, throughout his career. Uh, I, 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 I'm, like, totally in love with the guy. And if you see the kind, kinds of characters he plays, just kind of the way he moves, the way he talks, and then you listen to him, like, uh, him, Josh Brolin, it's, like, totally opposite of what you would think <laughs> you'd think he'd be getting. He's, like, a super, super liberal dude who has, like, his head totally on his shoulders and, like, completely disagrees with these kinds of people, you know, but but he plays him, he yeah. plays him so well. Weirdly, do you know what his character reminded me of so much this watch? Willy Wonka,
1: like Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka, because he had this vibe of like, you know, screwing with everybody because he knows what's really going he, on. He knows time. what the
0: real deal is. Yeah. So yeah. he's
1: just like having fun with everybody, just fucking with them. for You know, I'm, I'm sorry. All questions must be submitted
3: in writing shit like that,
1: you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I don't have to explain to you what an Oompa Loompa is. Just take my word for it. That, yes. That's that's
3: really funny. I would have never made that connection, but that's hilarious. I boy. like that. There's, I love there's, that.
0: There's something there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, good, good shit. And Adam, you mentioned so Connor. I have toyed with the idea of a heat check performance award. Mm-hmm. We feel like not every movie deserves it.
2: Yeah, sure. Like, some,
0: some sometimes like doesn't work, but with this movie, it fucking oh. works. <laughs> Jeffrey Donovan, baby. <laughs> the stack, everything about it. Yeah, just yeah, he's just on one in this movie. Yeah, I loved it. I'm totally on one. Uh, yeah, when he looks in the mirror, the side mirror, and is like, I got a fucking boner right now. You're just like oh that guy like that yes his name is Steve Forcing in the in this movie and yeah he is perfect every like little line he has every little bit is perfect but uh but there are I mean there are there are some kind of heat check type performances in this movie they they like rely on it uh, some of the Delta leaders that are on the tunnel it, are, are all perfect they're all great so yes. it, this movie this movie nailed its casting so that's one of the things I I love about it John Bernthal of course as Officer Ted. He's trying to, or almost. <laughs> what do they say? On Meet the parents. Looks like somebody's rounding second base. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he almost got there, except he took that wristband. Uh, or took that wristband off, and the, the whole movie changes right there, right? So, yep. Uh-huh. Uh, he he's great in this movie. Your movie's always gonna be better with John Burnthal somewhere in there. Yeah, uh, I had a note. I had a note where I just said John Burnthal is the man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's great. Yeah.
1: I fucking love watching him just come apart at the seams when he's in the back seat, handcuffed, bleeding. Benicia yeah. is giving him fucking wet willies and he's just like, stop. All right, fuck. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. He's just like he knows he's he's about to get royally fucked. They probably shot him and dro- dropped him in a ditch somewhere after this. <laughs> like I just you don't see Bernthal play like you see him play a lot of assholes, but never like they never. Get, they don't usually get theirs
0: that hard. They're usually. They're. He's usually the Benicio character. Of yeah. Just like I'm gonna fucking dominate everybody in my way. Yeah. To see him but, crying yeah.
1: in the back seat of a car, just being like, "Oh God, I fucked up." It's so. <laughs> it's so satisfying.
0: It is. It is. <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, it's great. So uh, so it, I'm it, thinking be, about him. The so think about these three movies, right? The 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 three Taylor Sheridan, you know, movies. Um, is he the only one that's in two of them?
0: Yeah. I'm,
3: yeah. Am I forgetting somebody? Like it's it, I think it's just Heller right?
0: High Water. Yeah, um, I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh. Wait, is is uh in Heller High Water his partner, Jeff Bridges' partner? Is he is he one of the I don't think so. Um characters I'm he?
1: looking it up right now. Yeah. Gil Birmingham. Up right now. it he He's in Wind River as well. Okay. 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 All right. Well
3: so that's it. Those him two. And John Martin, yeah, yeah. Those two. So, so I, I, you know, a couple of like little notes I have here before we get to that, that last category, I, you know, the drone shots, there, there's a couple of shots I kind of wanted to like you know, point out before we get to, I think the big, the big scene that would, you know, most likely are all, all going to have Um yeah. I, the drone shots over the top of Juarez and El Paso, like did a great job of like explaining that thing I was talking about earlier, where you're driving on that like one stretch of I-10 um, and you're literally kind of like right in the middle of, of the two countries, essentially. Uh I thought they established that really well because like you can see that you can see a contrast of the two. Uh, I thought it was fascinating. And then the exchange between Matt and Kate after they get back from the border scene where it's like zoomed out, like, and they're, they're kind yes. of quiet, but they're yelling at each other. Um, and so you can hear all the dialogue, like really clearly. is so good. It's so well framed. It's just like a beautiful, like, like it's like perfectly shot. I love yep. that
2: scene.
3: I Composition
1: commented on at its that. finest, yeah. While I was watching the movie, I commented, I was watching it with my, my mom and my grandpa and I was like, isn't that beautiful? And I explained yeah. to them the usage of frame. I felt like a film teacher. I was like, so yeah. the reason this is framed like this is to make the problem look bigger than them. And it's like, it was, yeah. it was neat. It was like, I got to have that moment for myself. So, so cool that you're shouting that out, man. Cool. Yes.
0: Yeah.
3: No, that was a great yeah. one.
0: The, the, the line when he's like, soak it all up. You're here to learn. <laughs> that's, yeah. what you're, that's what yeah. you're here to do when really it's like, no, I'm, I'm using you. You're nothing. You're a fucking ant. And like, I just needed one of you motherfuckers to bite. Yeah. <laughs> and you're the, you're the one who bit. Cause you're a naive, divorced, you know woman with no kids i like i picked you out it's like such a, like a ugh, but, like who does, but who does once you know what happens yeah and she, but she does have a sense of like
3: wanting to change things right so it's like she is just enough that he can work with you know what i mean
0: oh like, well yeah well, yeah he needs, I, he needs know, that he needs that yeah
3: yeah he probably started out like that too you know i'm gonna change yes. the world
1: i'm gonna end the war on drugs and then 20 years yes. in you're like there is no winning this war there's only controlling it
3: Yes. Yes. And she's and, eventually
1: and- going to end up at that point too, where she's yes. broken and her, you know, her, her idealistic mindset is fractured, and she's willing to just work with what she
3: has. Well, you can make the case that she gets there by the end of the movie. I mean, like, yeah.
1: <laughs> at that point, she's like, she no, she's seen how the sausage is made. Like, she's not yeah. going back to that restaurant.
3: Yeah. No. It's 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 great. Or she's just not going to be in that world at all anymore. Right. It's just like I'm either yeah. I'm either I'm either going to go all in or I'm I'm just not going to be a part of this. You know. I um, do. I just, do. which is what Benicio is trying to tell her at the end, right? Like, you're not a wolf you know? Yeah, like, I do struggle that. with good. that. Like, that's a good thing. Don't be a wolf, right? That's what he's trying to say. Yeah. tell her. He don't yeah. end up yeah. like
1: me. I, I wonder yeah. if he sees maybe, like, some of his daughter.
3: Well,
0: in... that's that's what, yeah, he said that. He says fun. that, yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: okay. Okay. he says yeah. that. Yeah,
0: yeah i yeah. Well, he, yeah. he also says, like, a really cold line of, like, you look like a little girl when you're scared. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, geez. And then, yeah, then he says, you remind me of uh, of my daughter before she no, okay. uh, got thrown into a vat of Yeah, He shows her for
3: such a specific reason, too, because it's like he can't like he can't pick somebody who's just going to turn around and be like are you like you just fucking crazy like I'm leaving right now you know what I mean like he needs someone just enough kind of like I want to help like win this like thing and, like enough competitiveness and like, enough you know um kind of fu to kind of do it it's like it really and is-
0: and yeah. someone who's naive enough to be like yeah this is how it goes
3: yeah 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 <laughs> like, yeah because you know you know there's somebody they could have chosen but they just like look at it after like the first like kind of iffy meeting and just being like I'm leaving like right now like like, well, just, like D- this, this if Daniel yeah.
0: Kaluuya if Reggie was by himself and didn't have yes. her he would have been like i'm out of here yeah yep. like i will see you later but because yep. he's with her they're very like very close very obviously like brother and sister type type friends he's like ah, i guess i'll ah, i guess i'll keep driving i guess i'll keep helping to yep. my part to help her cuz she wants to see this through but yeah i mean I, I did struggle with that she's like this high up fbi agent that like you know specializes in kidnapping it's like you didn't you didn't have a hunch that this was like really I- really fucked up I didn't necessarily get the get the get the sense that she's very high up. Yeah, I, I guess I guess you. I, I wonder how she, long does it take to become she, an FBI agent who specializes in like kidnapping? Well, like, well, what, she's like, what leading is
3: ops,
1: but she's not calling shots. Like, she's right, you know right, right, right. She's still in the field. Yes,
2: yes, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. But I mean, think about think about how long it would take me <laughs> to get through being like a, a poli- like a like a police officer like yeah. SAPD. Uh-huh. And move up to da 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 detective da 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 to yeah. FBI to FBI. I'd be like ninety <laughs> years old. <laughs> well, yeah. I, don't know. I feel like we all
1: three could probably be police officers by the end of the week. But yeah. fe- federal agents like that takes you know <laughs> master's degrees and like physical fitness yeah. and like you know yeah. long yeah. dedications. I mean, tactical knowledge at, like the yeah. X Files. You know, Mueller and Scully were in their like you know late twenties, early thirties when that started. Yeah, so it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a thing about aliens, though. <laughs> yeah, but the federal shit was accurate. Yeah. No, no, I I, no, I, hear you. I just, I feel like Emily Blunt's character, the way she's written, is like a little too naive. But she has to be to make the movie. So, like, it, it has to sure. happen for the movie to work. But I feel like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I know how fucked up it is. Not just because of movies, but, like, just reading and reading about, like, you know, Escobar and his shit in Columbia. I mean, you just understand that well, this is... There is no war on drugs. Like, that's not a real term.
1: Well, how much of that is her just ignoring it? Like, you know, creating her own reality so she doesn't have to face this crazy shit. But it could just be complete denial on her part. Willful willful ignorance, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah, probably, probably. Well, you know, here we are talking about talking about the characters yet again. So uh, let's finish this thing off. Let's finish these categories off and do do the John Carpenter award. And then we'll get to, we'll, we'll breeze through the what's in the box. Um, all right, John Carpenter Award. Do we all have the same thing?
3: I mean, I think so. Hey. It, Connor, you go first, Connor. All right, I'm assuming
1: y'all are talking about the bridge. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, is.
3: I'm not. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, go yeah. then. Go, yeah, go ahead, Connor.
1: I went with with the with the uh, Alejandro's revenge on on Fausto and his family. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh,
0: fair enough. I can't. Yeah. I can't argue that.
1: It's just so perfect and poetic and, you know, it's our, it's a bad guy killing a worse guy. And, you know, after Brolin explains, you know, why this is all happening for him, you're just, you know, you're glad he he found the guy. And just sitting there calmly with a gun pointed at your family and then just telling the guy, you know, Oh no, don't, don't mind me. Keep eating. We'll get, we'll get to it. And I, What cements it for me is the absolute look of shock and horror on Fausto's face when Alejandro (laughs) kills his children and his wife right in front of him in like a second and then just lets it linger. He just wants him to know what it feels like. And to watch a man who's feared across multiple continents break like that and just be absolutely like, you know, a, a little like sad, no longer powerful man is so crazy to see. And uh, I just, yeah, I, I, I kind of figured everyone was going to go bridge, so I wanted to spotlight another scene I thought was equally powerful.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So I, I just wrote down "Welcome to Juarez" because <laughs> it's the, it's, it's not even like I respect you picked Carpenter for a scene, you picked a scene which is the you know time to meet God scene. I chose like a thirty minute, <laughs> like you know a, a whole like section of the movie because it, it, it is. It is a total feat. It is a filmmaking feat and one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Um, so I going will let you kind of pinpoint like the reasons why you love the Juarez stuff so much.
3: Yeah. So I mean specifically it's it's yeah, it's the bridge part, you know, specifically. Um when, Meaning like the shootout. Like yeah, that's yeah, 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 on the actual you know, bridge of the border between you know yeah. Vegas, Um, where they are in those, you know, SUVs and they they get kind of stuck by the traffic and the guy says, like, oh, there's a car that broke down, like it's gonna be a minute, you know. Um, the second they kind of realize like that's gonna that's gonna be slow, then I can be able to kind of drive right through, they all kind of have this moment of like, oh man, here we go. Like, you know, some stuff might might happen here. And it happens so quickly. And it yeah, I mean it it's such a I sent you guys a video. I I I've watched it, you know, uh, a couple of times, but um and it's that Cinefix did, uh which is an awesome YouTube channel. Uh anybody who likes movies would would love this channel. Yeah, Cinefix. Um they it's, it's called one brilliant moment of tension and it's like how they build the tension of that scene um and like with the different cars you know just driving at different angles you know different shots from windows from not from windows overhead you know from the side like all these different you know elements that kind of came together to kind of make you realize like man we're in some real stuff here um and then it's playing on your own sense of at least mine at least I'll just speak for myself of like hey man like I don't like I don't love the idea of like profiling and like trying to like, look at somebody like oh that looks like a gang member but these are people who have to do that like to survive you know it's like so it's like i like you know like i don't want to like have that car drive by like i wouldn't want to be in san antonio have a car filled with four dudes who look like those dudes who they first kind of you know engage with look like that and, and my mind my, might my automatically be like man they're probably in a gang you know i never wanted to be that person like ever um but they they don't have that luxury, right? Because I'm just like a dude who's just like going to work or going to a restaurant or something, right? They don't have that luxury. They've got to kind of figure out is this is this could this be some trouble? And unfortunately, like in that world, like you know, some of the dudes who look like that are can be some trouble, right? So so like that that part is playing on my mind every time I'm watching it too, even though I, I know what happens. But the first time I saw it, I, I I mean I don't really react physically to stuff very often. Like even like I'm a massive massive sports fan, but even that even some of my very like favorite teams. I don't like go crazy. I'm not one of those like cheering, yelling at the ref. Like I'm pretty, you know, serene when I'm watching stuff, but like, man, I mean, it really is grab your armrest, like in the movie theater, like sit forward. Like it's, it's so intense. Like that, that's uh that scene and and the kind of the looks they give the, the way they're communicating with each other. Um, and then when she sees that one shooter in the back, when it seems like it's all over, she sees them through the window um, or through the mirror. And then, and then, and then turns and shoots the guy. Like all of it is just like brilliant, and, and how they get out of the car. They can't engage first. Right. Cause they all want to, you can tell they all want to like, like shoot first, but they can't. It's like, what are the, what are our rules? What are our rules? If they engage you, you can go. Um, And, and in fact, they're having to kind of essentially dodge just like civilians and all of this stuff too. It's just like, yeah, it's like masterful
0: filmmaking. I think. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Great. <clears throat> great, great points. I think <laughs> I think that section of the horror's part, Uh, you know, while they're trying to go back, they've got this guy, and Josh Brolin the whole time was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's just like chewing on whatever he's chewing on. And he's just like, yeah, this is what I do, baby. Like another day at the fucking office. But it's Benicio that shines the most in this, where he's just kind of like, you know, kind of looking around doing that whole thing, looking at the red car, looking at the green car, bah, 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 you know, just,
2: mm-hmm. it's just
0: ma- masterful stuff. But, um, and, and I, I love the moment when they're out of the car, the guy that's bald that has all the tattoos gets out of the car and he's like looking like, fuck. Like, am yeah. I about to like, am I about to do this? You know, like, I'm going to like do this for, for my boys, for my gang. And this is what you do. You don't like, you don't lay down. And there's like, I don't want to call like respect in that, but there is like a, you know, there's, there's this, this camaraderie thing about these guys. They're like, we're not we're, like, we're, we don't care that you have all these suburbans and all this crazy gear. Like let's fucking get down. You know, like it's of my favorite things about like gang movies is like the, the authority always has this crazy artillery and these crazy vehicles and then the guys are in the gang are in a like Honda Civic. They're like let's yeah. let's fucking roll baby. Like let's do this thing. And it's you know it's evil people against evil people in this moment, but for me for me my favorite stretch of the whole Juarez thing is 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 when he looks at her and says welcome welcome like welcome to Juárez and you see under the bridge you see the bodies hanging. And they're like decapitated and the, and the way they film these vehicles moving through is like the choreography is incredible. I, I, yeah. yeah i texted connor last night i said this is some of the best choreography i've seen in my fucking life like yeah Incredible. What, what, I, i'm comparing it to like fucking you know like west side story like like a movie that's like about dancing and is like totally yeah. based off choreography but the however they f- like line this up planned it figured out what days to film and blocked out those days but also got all these extras to be in cars to be in normal cars yeah my mind was my mind was so blown this time around watching it i remember in theaters being like wow this is sick but I have such a deeper appreciation now. Eight years later, I was 20, now I'm 28. I've completely given a huge part of my life to movies. And I was just, I just couldn't believe it. I texted Connor like multiple times. I was texting you too, Adam. I was like, I try sometimes to stay away from stuff when I know I'm going to talk about it on a podcast, but I, I just couldn't. So I texted Connor, I was like, dude, that that like stretch, the Juarez stretch is, I, I, it's going to be hard to, to top, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and that's partly why I raised this movie from four and a half stars to five stars was just how rocked I was by this stretch of the movie. Um, and it is those drone shots. It is those like uh, the the one that I like in particular is when they're first going through and you, it, they're like moving fast. The, the the like five black Suburbans that are in a row, but they're moving at kind of like a pace that's kind of like, uh like. it's not like 80 miles an hour but it's also not like 30 where they're like going slow it's just like this smooth like 60 just like boom 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 like just moving through so like anything got in their way they'd run it over but it's probably not gonna like kill them you know what i mean it's just like this smooth it's like a train just like like and they're all like in unison boom 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 like all the drivers and i I was i feel like a little kid where i was like this is this is like why i love movies so much is these things that look so difficult are made to look so easy well you know you know it's one of the shots on the on the bridge real quick before
3: you go connor like the 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 woman who like kind of opens her car door and kind of is like looking at the you know like some, like the one of the bodies of like that and she just it, she's like kind of just like non-plus just like oh you know like another day you know like like that that's that's like a really powerful scene too like i think they're in a cab of some sort right it's like it's like this woman and it's like and they open like yeah the two side doors and it's like she kind of just looks at the body like oh wow, well, what do you know you know like and it's just like, man, I mean, the, the, yeah, yeah. But the it's, it's, it's the, it's the tension of like, okay, obviously something is going to happen here. Right. Like, yes. it's like, like obviously like something's going to go down, how is it going to be timeout? How are they going to play it? Like it's, it's all just, yeah, it's so well done. And like, yeah. I mean, you speak about the camera movement and stuff like that. Like I'm no, I'm no expert on that, but like how they, how they don't like, there's not like continuity errors. There's not, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just like oh, so perfectly yeah. mapped out. It's like, it's, it's just perfect. It really is a brilliant scene.
0: Yeah. True like truly great stuff from everybody on board. Um uh, this is like this is why Deacons is I, I think a lot of people who are fans of his just kind of jump on that bandwagon. But like these are the moments that like create a legend. And for him to be doing this, you know, he's like in his 70s, uh even even eight years ago. Yeah, he's he's an older dude. For him to be doing this, he he has one of my favorite quotes ever. He said there's there's pretty cinematography and there's good cinematography. <laughs> and he, he's, like, the most athletic... Like, he's so good at, like, beautiful wide shots that we see going into the tunnel, you know, the tunnel scene, the, the sunset. But he's, like, such an athletic filmmaker, and I, I, I've i always been enamored by it. When he does that, when he pulls that, like, puts those cards on the table, I've always been enamored by it. So, uh, yeah, this there's no way I wasn't going to choose Juarez, but my second choice was, uh, what, Connor, you know, Time to Meet God, and the tunnel. The tunnel scene is fucking sick. Like, the night vision... The, just the noise you, we spoke about with the score earlier. The performances are great in that moment. It, I mean, it's a great scene. And then you, when you go to the outside you see um, what's his name? Sil- Silvio and uh, Alejandro, ben- Benicio de Torre's character. When he gets, puts him in the cop car and is like, let's fucking go. And you're like, oh God, like the movie just flips flips upside down. And you're like, oh, like I, I didn't even know what was going on, you know? Yeah.
1: Uh, my favorite Taking it back to the bridge, uh, Juarez, my favorite moment in that is I don't remember the exact moment we get this line, but we hear over the radio somebody say, OK, it's a fuck up. What do we do now? <laughs> and I just love that. Like everyone's like. Code red, like throw out the game plan. What now? Like that. Yeah. When hardened professionals like who are you know trained to handle situations like this are suddenly just like the fuck do we do? It's so it just ups the tension a million yeah. times. Yeah. Um so I just wanted to shout that out. Um but yeah, yeah. the tunnel yeah. seems fantastic. Um really throws us into like zero dark 30 territory for a little bit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, we just get it. the revenge thing almost kind of comes out of nowhere, but you're on board at this point like we're just like, "All right, sure, why not finish this off with some, you know, John Wick execution."
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it it becomes Alejandro's movie at the end, you know? You're like, yeah. "Okay, I I love that. It kind of like seamlessly does that where you're like, Oh, all along, all along, this was the goal Mm -hmm. was for Alejandro for really. I mean, for really for everybody on board, it was like, if we can get Alejandro in a room with the guys who are in charge, he's going to fucking kill him. Like, and not even, not even hesitate about it. And he kills, he kills Manuel Diaz in the car. He kills Silvio, the police officer that works for him. He kills all those motherfuckers at the estate and he kills the top dog and his sons, would have become drug kingpins in Mexico he I just know. created
1: a chaotic power vacuum in Mexico
0: yeah. yeah yeah and like and there's no one there to be like uh, like there's no unless one guy was like taking a shit and was like man there's a lot of guns <laughs> yeah. he like comes out and is like oh my god everybody's dead there's no one there to call the people and be like hey hey like um, but you know Jefe's dead mm-hmm. like like someone has to pick up the pieces he like destroys everybody in sight well,
3: the, there's the one maid that he leaves. Yeah. I love that. Classy. Yeah. She just kind of looks at him like, uh, like are you <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah. Like, what is going on here? Yeah. Also the yeah, Fausto's house. Whoa. Like, yeah. I mean you know, you know, it reminded me of it reminded me of um of uh the house in, in, in Better Call Saul that uh that Lalo shows yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, I was. almost wonder if it was like yeah, a similar neighborhood, or similar shot, similar you know, in a similar area. This was mostly shot in El Paso, um, like yeah. on location, which is yes. Um, definitely makes a difference. Yeah. Like I like I think for a Texan, like we, like we would understand if it was like new Albuquerque or you know what I mean. Like
0: yeah, no, like, I no, no, I think. Obvious. I think yeah, and the the bank scene is also like a great scene that I think is really cool. Like all oh, blonde hair, white purse. I mm, yeah there's a lot of moments in this movie that, that puts it high up on my list of Texan movies, like movies yeah. based in Texas or around Texas. Uh, it's definitely like in the running. So, Oh, good stuff. Anything else you want to say about just kind of the, yeah. The there a Donovan, the there's, there's a Jeffrey Donovan
3: line where he is yes. so like sick, but like, like gross. He he said, uh, he says, I'm like, man, it's, it's really, it's what what is the word he uses? He's like, it's beautiful what they do, you know, like, like how they like, you know, hang the bodies and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh man, that is dark. You know, like, like he's like, yeah, I really admire what they do. You know, like, like how they go about their business. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's so cutthroat and, you know, like he has this, like, this like weird, like infatuation with like that whole, you know, world. And I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and the, yeah, he, he has the boner line. It's just like, wow, dude, like you're like, you're pretty, you're pretty sick. You know, like this is.
2: This is
1: some <laughs> well, stuff. a lot of these guys, a lot of these, like, you know, mercenary dudes, these, you know, soldiers who get off on it like not all soldiers at all but there are certain there's a certain group of people who do get off on it who are basically like you know serial killers indulging their fantasies in this world which is so fucked and we do see a lot of like you know sadistic mass murder from time to time and i just wonder like you know how different are those guys to people like you know jeffrey dahmer and ted bundy they're just doing you know they're getting paid for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, straight up, man. Oh God, what a movie! Right, you can talk about so many different things through it. So, uh, all right, let's uh go over and see what's in the box. What's in the fucking box? Give me the gun. Okay, I have three reviews here. Uh, I've got one here. Here's a uh, one from Matt Singer. Is a patron uh, member on Letterboxd To great follow. This this review has 752 likes, uh, and I, I just added mine today. It's a four star review. Remember the scene in Boogie Nights where Alfred Molina is randomly tossing firecrackers at Mark Wahlberg and John C. Riley? Sicario is like that scene for two straight hours, but no, <laughs> but Sister Christian is never playing. This movie's fucking intense. <laughs> i love that i knew exactly yeah. what i was going right when you started it that's so good <laughs> which which uh, t- to be fair you know i i love boogie nights it's not off Molina throwing the firecrackers it's the little boy that's like it's his, not you're right yeah, yeah. but yeah. still it's all in good fun right yeah. uh great, yeah great great stuff from matt Singer. you just, just well actually him that's good <laughs> <laughs> well actually you
1: yeah. should comment like uh, hey get your facts straight buddy yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: here's here, here's a, yeah come on matt singer here's a uh, one of the, like the most followed people on Letterboxd ever uh here's a um a review from 2015 came out very shortly after the movie came out so this is real fresh it's a two-star review but i did i understand where they're coming from this is m Tume spelled m-t-u-m-e i'm not sure how you say it uh but yeah this is someone i've been following for a while they say fantastically shot yes excellently edited fuck yes some strong performances you're damn right but this film has so many tropes it makes your head spin it's the faulty americana viewpoint about the dark place of the world plus its main character emily blunt is written so unbelievably naive i wanted to punch the wall the script and its narrow thinking is the failure for this film we kind of kind of talked a little bit about that stuff we did we did we did
1: she like they clearly you know find a lot more fault in it than we do but yeah, we ventured into that territory.
0: Yeah, so I I wanted to bring that up just because you know that's that is there's a community out there for every movie on Letterbox. They're gonna be giving out the one stars and two stars, and I always want to know why. I'm not here to be like fuck you, you you disagree. I understand, I get it. Everybody's gonna connect with every movie, but HK Fanatic, another patron member uh, on on Letterbox, gave Sicario four stars and said part of what makes Denny Villeneuve one of the most compelling directors working today is his uncanny ability, no matter what the genre is, he's op- or he's operating in, to uncover the existential dread lying just below the surface of contemporary society. Here, it's depicted literally when a routine FBI raid uncovers a staggering number of cartel victims buried inside the walls of a nondescript suburban home in Phoenix. Well done. Yeah. Hmm. I totally agree. Yeah.
1: It is, you know, there's this group of directors, you know, Fincher... Villeneuve, I think David Lynch to an extent, when he's not trying to mind fuck us, um, that just yeah. dwells into the darkest side of society and just this bleak idea that everybody is at their worst at all times. And you have to kind of navigate through that world. And it's it's a dark place to be for an extended amount of time, but it almost makes you reevaluate your own existence and just thank God that that's not your
0: reality. Mm. Yeah. Totally, totally, agree with that. Um, you guys, so on letterbox, I know Adam gives it gave it five stars, so did I. Connor, what are you at? Four, four and a half? Um, let me check real quick. I'm pretty sure I have this at four stars. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we all we're all we're all big fans of this. Uh so this this has been an absolute blast. Um, this movie rules. This is Adam's number eight. Next week we'll be moving on to Connor's number eight, which is uncut gems. I cannot wait. That's gonna be really mm-hmm. cool uh that's another one all three of us should be here for um m- most of these from here on out it's gonna be all three of us you know we're very rarely are we gonna bring other people in or or allow other people to take our movies you know <laughs> you know so <laughs> there, there's just a lot of bangers on the table and I'm, I'm super stoked but uh thanks for listening guys if you like if you like what we do feel free to follow us on social media instagram facebook twitter all that stuff i always search filmgasm with a g with a z sorry uh go go to letterboxd connor 95 if you want to find if you want to find all the uh film guys and contributors uh adam myself jeremy uh josh caleb a bunch of people on there if you go to connor's followers or his following either or uh check out filmgasm.com for trailers and etc uh we have we have a, a new show Ten Thousand flicks you can also listen to that on uh on youtube through through the filmgasm.com and uh Always always stuff to look at on there. Connor's got his reviews there and Letterboxd. So there's just a plethora of things going on there. And I actually have some ideas to to boost some stuff on Filmgasm soon. So will be on the lookout for that. Uh, if you'd like to become a monthly donor to Filmgasm Productions, feel free to click on the link in the episode description. From there, click on Support This Podcast. Any amount of donations will go right back in the podcast. We appreciate you guys for any support you can give. Thanks to the entire Film Guys and team for their contributions, especially Cooley Cow for the music at the beginning and the end of every episode. And most of all, thank you guys for listening. Keep watching movies, and we'll see you soon.